Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's good, Internet? It's May, Friday the 13th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 482. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Patrick Klapek. Hello. Ooh, dark portents, dark tidings from Patrick's check-in. Uh, speaking of dark tidings, Ren, how you doing today? <laughs> you know me. I'm an omen of woe. When I enter the room, birds skirl about. That's their not a price promise. Look, that they don't call her Raven for, for nothing, folks. Uh, and <laughs> finally, <laughs> did Kato just like cough? Like, I imagine that the Kato's noise just died. Yeah, you know, the game of Kato's mic is like in the horror movie. They go, The ghost like, of Ricardo Contreras joining us for this week's episode of Waypoint Radio. He calls us something very upsetting looking and like shows the group, and everyone's like, You're fine. You're fine. Everyone turns away, and it's like, That dude is fucking dead. Like, we need to figure out something else. Oh, I feel oh, I great. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. This is nothing. It's me. I'm not the thing. <laughs> I'm not acting sus at all. Hey, speaking of scary things, though, and this is great podcast content because it's entirely <laughs> visual. Uh, but you know, I want to check in on the hottest game news and check out this Alan Wake 2 concept art. Oh, fuck. Now, oh, concept oh, art oh, lie? Now, I just want to know, I just want to know that they did go, we're not ready to show you fucking anything. And I respect that. I respect Remedy for being like, we are not showing you shit until 2023. You want us to show you the video game this summer? Bethesda's not shipping uh, Starfield. All right, hey, guys. We're not doing the demo. They're not shipping (laughs) Starfield. Hey, God of War, you want to delay too? Everyone, Everyone do it. We're good. Good for them. Also, they're pretty transparent about it. Like saying, hey, it will take us a number of weeks to build a demo. Like teams feeling good. Most of the game's playable. We'll see. I mean, you know, they couldn't have anticipated the Starfield delay, but I feel it's one of those things where, what did they say? Early 2023? Or they just say 2023 when the game was coming out. I can't remember. I believe they said uh, 2023 the game was coming. I believe yeah. if I'm remembering correctly, it was summer 2023 if I'm remembering correctly. So I think that them booting to 2023 to be like, we're going to show you stuff then is, is probably a smart see, decision. I'll see Listen, you I Oct- trust, I'll I trust see. remedy. I'll see you in October, 2023. Maybe. Alan Hang on. Do. do you trust remedy to deliver a good Alan Wake remastered to the Nintendo switch in the year 2022? That is, do I trust them that far? Well, the last one, they yeah, did how, old, how, how old is that game? Right. 
Alan Wake is from two... Will it have the ray tracing from Alan Wake remastered on the PlayStation 5? No. Will they put Alan Wake on the Nintendo Switch? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Will that's Alan true. Wake be in my pocket? Yes. The remastered is aspirational here. Yeah, no. Remaster here is, is being used very loosely. Um... But uh, it is it is so funny looking at the Alan Wake 2 concept art because it's, it's so absolutely like to me, this feels like. They know like, hey, we played PT, we know we know what y'all are missing, uh, and it's kind of like it's it's eerie Silent Hill esque uh like urban horror vibes it makes me so excited um like that one there's one uh piece of concept here here which might as well be a screenshot frankly where you have you know i mean they're playing into the very typical horror trope of which i'm not a huge fan of of like well old people are scary so (laughs) just put an old person in there like that's come on you know we can be better than that what Um, if that old person was knitting at you menacingly (laughs) I know. Also, is is let's be clear, knitting veins. That is not knitting a. She is not knitting a scarf. She is knitting veins. That's true. If you That's, look at how they trail down, it's, it's super unsettling. But the, the fact that uh, they keep framing this game as they keep using the term survival and this concept art thematically a- across the four that were released, it's dark. It's very spooky. I'm the the fact that in 2023 I could be feasting on a, a Dead Space remake and. An Alan Wake game that uh, like leans less against the cheese and more into, um, I don't know, like maybe more Evil Dead, um, which I mean, that's a little bit of Remedy's kind of comedy stylings anyway. But I don't, this makes me very excited. Like we have not one of the best ways you can use new technology is horror because it's dark and you can really <laughs> amp up the lighting and everything else. I've been genuinely shocked that there's been nothing that's really leaned into that from any of the platform holders so far seems like an easy win is like just crank down that brightness and then turn up all the you know that ray tracing that's really hard to pull off at 60 frames a second in like these big bright colorful worlds what if you couldn't what if you just couldn't see 60 percent of the world um yeah well you can't uh, keep, don't need to getting, ray trace if there's no light source yeah exactly exactly i also want to know like it's it's the it's remedy it's concept art these are some gorgeous compositions I'll be on. Like these are some these are some really beautifully composed pieces of concept art. And um, if you look at concept art from Control, it was shockingly one to one what they concepted was, out, and then what you ended up playing. And and I will note, and this is this is me on my like truly remedy brained shit. The thing that I love about this concept art is that there's some really uncomfortable mirroring happening. In all of these, like, if you look at the compositions, it's like Alan Wake standing at a phone booth uh, with a lit phone booth, like, perfectly mirrored on the other screen. It is this old lady standing directly in the middle of the screen as two waterfalls line up perfectly beside her. Um, It is these two trees in the forest where you can perfectly split the frame down the middle. And it is, like, one, gorgeously composed. Two, deeply unsettling. Yeah. Uh, and to me, extremely exciting because it like just because if I if I trust any group of devs to create concept art that gestures at the core thematics of their video game, it would be Remedy. And so I am fascinated by what they are doing with well, this. And I think it implies that they're making real the horror universe that exists on the TV show that is playing in the background of yes. Max Payne, <laughs> uh, <laughs> where 
what is it? Address unknown. Uh, where John Mira, uh, is is pursued by his double. Uh, like it all ties together. What a what a vision Sam Lake had from the very beginning, and now it's all coming together. MCU. You know, Remedy, <laughs> Remedy figured yeah. this out years ago. <laughs> uh, speaking of things coming together, though, um, you know, Patrick, you alluded to it. So Starfield, Redfall, Xbox games, uh, double doinked onto, <laughs> onto oh, the twenty twenty. Why would you do calendar. that self owned? You, I, th- I thought we were friends, Rob. Uh, also, Rob, thank you. For- Let's be let's let's be fair. Uh, Xbox games make it sound like it's a, that's in the present tense. We should we should really move the word game into the future tense here if we can. <laughs> Xbox, Xbox, will game. Xbox will game. <laughs> Xbox may game. Uh, yeah, Starfield and Redfall. Starfield being the new Bethesda open world sci-fi new franchise, uh, and then Redfall, the arcane. Like, we don't know a ton about that game, but the little we do know is what? That it's like uh, Vampire Left Vampire, Dead. Vampire Destiny, no. Vampire Left 4 Dead. It's it's not Left 4 Dead. It's a Schluter. Right. Um, so, yeah, the Destiny, maybe Vampire Destiny is closer into to what they're trying to. But we haven't seen anything from that game. Well, like, we haven't seen anything from Starfield, frankly, except for concept art and, and some music clips. But, yeah, both those have moved from, uh, I think Redfall was supposed to be this summer. And then Starfield was supposed to be... 11 22 right that mm-hmm. was i think the date they kept pushing which i thought was very odd and the, the one reason even though things in covid have the one constant is that things will slip because games in the most ideal conditions are difficult to put together and i think uh these big budget games are still struggling with uh adapting to to remote even even two years in there are certain things that are are still difficult um i was like well they announced it almost a year and a half before they're going to ship it that seems to give them enough slack, some leeway uh, to actually uh, nail that because you're, it's a marketing gimmick to announce the date. Mm-hmm. In a world in which so many games are like, ha, 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 I don't know. Like, I don't know. Release date? I don't know her. Like, that's, I don't know what that is. Uh, to announce a specific date seemed like a real, hey, we have confidence in this team, confidence in this game. Like, I know there's not a ton of stuff coming out in 2022, but... Don't worry, like at the end of the year, Starfield's going to be there. And and it turns out it's not going to be, um, which is fine. They should delay, you know, these games are really difficult to make. I'm, I'm glad they're delaying it. I and hope it was, that means that they're not crunching. Um, that's first half is like, that is extremely broad. That game is probably mm-hmm. coming out this time next year. Like that seems like a <laughs> Halo Infinite full year. Uh, right before E3, Xbox gets to say fucking Starfields, right you like isn't that wasn't that game great let's talk about what's coming next yada 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 the they were trying to that was the skyrim numbers skyrim release date wasn't it 11 11 11 11 11 yeah yes. so they were trying to yes. recreate as closely as they could i guess well and, and, and um fallout uh was a game fallout uh four was a game that we saw very we knew was in development um was rumored for a long time they show up at E3, they show the game off, they announce a date, the game comes out six months later. So it's not without precedent that right. Bethesda feels the confidence to sort of sit on the big thing they're making and then just show up with it. Um, but, uh, you know, like Jason Schreier today on Twitter was like, 
as soon as that date was announced, a bunch of apparently like a number of Bethesda people were like, excuse, I, <laughs> what? Um, if you'd like another cyberpunk, this seems like a good way to get it. And that would be that would be I mean, Bethesda games have their own issues, but they're like charmingly broken. It's like cyberpunk was not. I can't tell if standards have changed. Like, would Skyrim be charmingly broken now or would that be treated as a cyberpunk level disaster if that game arrived in the state that it did back then, um, I don't My know. My guts, like, I think the issue is Cyberpunk marketed so heavily on this idea that the world would be so convincingly real. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and in motion around you. And so it was like, we built you this enormous Cyberpunk diorama that you can go live in and, like, do Cyberpunk stuff. Whereas, like, Skyrim was always... Hey, how much did you love Oblivion, right? Would you well, like to play the Norse? Elder Scrolls? Yeah. Like more like, of that. And also it was like impressive by its volume in a way where people were like, well, it's so big. Of course, there's going to yeah. be a little bit of jank to it. And I mean, I don't know. Cyberpunk wasn't like particularly huge by modern standards or anything. It was just no tried and, to be more complex than it should have been probably. That's the thing. Cyberpunk also sold itself on its systems. Right. And, and like, or the, the initial pitch that people were given was it was going to sell itself on the interaction between its systems. It was going to be an immersive sim style game that took place no. in a massive fucking city that would be realized with such fidelity that it would, that unlike anything else previously. Right. And so when it came out a buggy nightmare mess, everything was exacerbated. Yeah. It, uh, people were definitely expecting more a more than a like competent first person uh, watchdogs uh, game, which is kind of competent. It's nice that would it. Eh, I mean, compared to like how watchdogs games come together, I will say like when cyberpunk works, it does clear the low bar of the watchdog series. Uh, Maybe now's my time <laughs> to play in uh, on uh, uh, November 22nd, 2022. I'll finally install cyberpunk. Is that maybe that's the play? Jesus oh my God, Jesus! I played Christ. I played the first forty minutes of that game when it came out, and I said that's all oh, right. Oh, first first like eight hours. I mean, it it opens strong. The problem is it shit cans all its like best plot it, ideas and characters. I will never not think I was I was watching a friend play on Discord um, many months ago, and I've been thinking about a line from that game since then. Um which is that wound is pizza wreck awful. And I think about the phrase that wound is pizza wreck awful at least once a day. The phrase pizza wreck is one of the <laughs> worst and funniest lines I have ever fucking. It, it's, it's perfect. It is my per, it is my personal cellar door of comedy. Wait, what is, what are they trying to say with it? What's a pizza wreck? So somebody on the writing team, like really, they you know got a I'm lot of emails. Like, about even pizza bad ovens pizza is pizza good stones. pizza. Pizza has an extremely not high if floor. You put, not if you put your day into it. Not if you if you know. I only someone who has tried to extract a pizza that is like melted to a to a baking steel uh, or to the floor of a pizza oven. Truly knows the pain of a pizza rock. I think it's just a little shout out uh, to all those those uh, like at home uh, pizza olos uh, that are that are out there. Or I guess it's like the um, pizza. Iolos, I did this. I, I, I did this with my kids some some months ago. Where you know, put in a 
frozen pizza for them for dinner. And then it wasn't quite ready. I was like, oh, I put it in for 12 minutes. Like, oh, it needs like two more minutes. And you know what I did? Mm. Not set a timer and was like, and then 10 minutes goes by and you go, oh, that's the pizza. (laughs) You know, and then my my oldest comes over is like, can I look at it? And I was like, I don't, hmm. You know what? That's a pizza wreck. I think I found a pizza wreck. I think I found a picture of a pizza wreck. Oh my god, that's, that's a screenshot. That's an image from the thing, John Carpenter's film. Oh I pieced it into our Discord oh, chat. This an image is, of a, This is the worst. Imagine a pizza laying I've on ever. Imagine if you will, dear listener, a pizza laying on the oven rack. Now take that pizza, leave the crust right where it is on the rack and make everything else in the center of the pizza fall through the grate of the rack. What? The pizza took a shit, but it took a shit that of itself. Pizza made of they, sludge. They, I hate this. This is a. I. I would bet you would. They put it in, forgot it was there. It just fucking melted. Because the point I, is, you're supposed to put I, it in while it's frozen, so that it maintains its stability without anything under it, and then you bake it at the right temperature. You're fine. That's but this is like how a frozen pizza, and it does look like a frozen pizza. Yes, absolutely. This uh, is definitely the, a frozen yeah. pizza situation. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, I'm. I am very curious by what happened here. Uh, about what happened here. Um, but yeah, that's that right there. That's that's what Microsoft is trying to avoid uh, with, <laughs> with punting these games into 2023. Um, but, I mean, the the, the one that I'll lead yeah. on with that is. Uh, like if if Xbox was defined by anything other than sort of like incompetent hardware, at like during the Xbox One cycle, it was just their inability to ship a fucking game like that anyone really cared about. Like the software just fell out during the Xbox One era after having like the Xbox 360 was like one of the stronger, yeah. like a PS2 level cycle of like just excellent. You said Xbox shit. One twice, and I absolutely thought you meant the first <laughs> Xbox. Fuck. I know that's no. why I thought too. Fuck. I forgot no, about no, that no. thing. I mean, the original. I would have said the original Xbox. Sure, trying, yeah. Trying no, that makes sense. That. God damn it. Um, uh, you know, just like X, the the Xbox One, uh, which is a real low in terms of of software output. Um, and like you look, Phil Spencer comes across as like a nice guy on, on the camera, but like, and they've turned around the hardware, I guess. But and they've spent billions of dollars buying studios. And, like, the result of that, like, eight years of this turnaround is, like, Halo Infinite getting delayed a year and still being extremely messy. You know, I'm not holding that against Bethesda, but I just mean, like, they haven't been able to buy their way back into just being able to, like, put games out. And and their their way of getting around that while they still attempt to fix that, even though they've started studios like The Initiative, which essentially is, like, half crystal dynamics at this point, which is now purchased by the embracer group. So it's like the studio that's being propped up by crystal dynamics is now owned by uh, a, a giant finance conglomerate. Um, and rare who the fuck knows what's going on. I mean, they got sea of thieves, but like that other game has been apparently like rebooted several times. Uh, it's just, ah, they have game pass. It's like, Oh, I guess we could just go buy games that are already done that have been made. And that's a strategy, but like, even though I don't hold this individual incident of Bethesda, because they seem to have a pretty decent, you know, work culture for, for like, producing games. I don't know what it's like to work there, necessarily. Um, like, they're a studio that is able to publish things on a regular basis. 
um, despite buying places like that, it's not as it's not as simple as just buying it and then all of a sudden your 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 company starts shipping interesting games. Um, and that they have not fixed that part of Xbox yet. Part of the thing I've been wondering is, as you've been talking about this, and this this could be my own lack of like like histor- historical industry knowledge of of specific studios, but like it feels like the majority of studios that Microsoft bought are like acclaimed studios with very messy histories and like that were that were they were purchased they were purchasable for good reason uh that being that things were kind of weird there and i wonder if what seems like microsoft's attempted strategy and you can kind of see this with like looking at their fucking around with activision blizzard their their strategy of let's pick up this studio that has critical acclaim and is kind of on shaky ground right now Let's just buy them and, 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 you know, it'll it'll all work out. They just need support. And the answer has been consistently, no, they don't. There are fundamental structural errors or like stru- structural problems at those studios that are going to persist even if you properly fund them. It's probably like yes and no. Like the initiative is an example. The Perfect Dark developer is an example of a developer is like, here's just a ton of money. Like go build a studio and make a new Perfect Dark. Like I heard when I was hearing, like I was at an E3 lunch the when that, studio got announced and a designer friend of mine was approached by a friend of theirs that had just gotten hired at the initiative. It was like, what's it like to work there? He's like, well, it's Microsoft money. We can do whatever, whatever we want. Three years later, by whatever we want, it it meant like not have a game that you could like do anything with. Then you have like folks like the State of Decay studio, Undead Labs, in which um, both the initiative and Undead Labs seem to share a Microsoft going, oh, actually like the lesson of like, EA and Microsoft buying studios and ruining them is that we're two hands on and then they just got extremely hands off and it turned out they needed to be more hands on to give structure and they'll have to be extremely hands on with Activision to like get and like so it's it's a, it's a they have a weird track or they have like a double fine like they were fine they just needed to like not have to worry about making profit like they can make great stuff like them getting bought by Microsoft is kind of an ideal landing spot for a studio like them. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, and to be fair, like, I mean, some of this stuff could also, like, if Starfield is huge, and there's no reason to think it won't be. It will be. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, it, like, it fundamentally won't matter uh, right. in terms of, like, the, this delay simply won't, won't signify all that much. Plus, everyone's still eating good on Halo Infinite. That's why it's Halo Infinite. <laughs> um, oh god that fucking everyone that couldn't fucking possibly game. everyone's just leaning back from their xbox and i couldn't i'm sorry just please i mean it's it no is kind of wild though like n- no one disagrees i'm not playing halo infinite's multiplayer i've like i can't but everything that i've read from people who have played is like they made a really good halo multiplayer right they don't charge any money for it but it's dropped into a live service world and so when i played halo when i like was obsessed with halo one and two specifically there was no live service. Like, you know, it was the multiplayer attached to the game. That's what it was. Um, and we just played the same shit over and over because we didn't get new maps and, like, stuff like that. It's just what was ever on the disc. Um, and then they make Halo Infinite and their multiplayer. I mean, the campaign is pretty, like, eh. I, I, I came out of Infinite feeling pretty meh all around about it. But the multiplayer seems well made, but it's dropped into a different world. And they seem very bad at the live service stuff. People seem extremely upset about how they've handled that. And then you see like what EA announced earlier this week that Apex Legends has made $2 billion, which is fucking Jesus wild. Christ. Good for them. Good for that game. Like that's not what I would have, when they announced that game, I would, 
that not I, that's not what I expected where where that game ended up. Um, but like they respawn clearly knows how to do live service. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah. Go for it. I was also going to say that I think the difficulty with Halo is that a lot of people felt like this particular. I mean, I I think that the fact. Microsoft shot themselves in the foot in a lot of ways by launching that game without what a lot of people consider key features. Like that is the, it's like less the, I think for a lot of people it was less the live service model and more the fact that they launched it without Forge or Campaign Co-op, which are the, like those are the underpinnings of Halo uh, as like a multiplayer experience for a lot of people are those more flexible modes. Um, or not flexible, but like, more casual modes, if that makes sense, yeah. that, that don't ask you to come in every day, and instead of asking you to come in what? every day, give you weird shit to do. It's constantly. Stuff that's more like all this stuff is more like in the tradition of customs, uh, yeah. which yeah. is the foundation of an entire generation. Like pretty much a, a ton of like popular multiplayer formats and such goes back to custom games in like you know older RTSs or shooters. Or goes into like mods uh, th- that blew up, and like, in, in, yeah. like the longevity of Goldeneye for me, and my friends was playing g- goofy one-off modes. Like everyone plays Jaws, like every- Golden Gun mode. You know what I mean? Like that. I mean that stuff all comes out of like the PC, like you know Quake Doom community, and like the like the early modding that then seeps down into things like Goldeneye and and Halo. Um, Halo, and- Halo Infinite. Oh, sorry. No, you no keep on. I was going to say Halo Infinite did not launch with Griffball or Infection. I thought it that did is have a, a I was going to say didn't, it does not have Griffball. Halo Infinite does not have Griffball or Infection. They don't have a Forge toolkit so they can't have Griffball. No, they didn't they remake it? I thought they made it in Halo Infinite. Yeah, no. I could have sworn it might maybe for an event, but to my knowledge Halo Infinite does not have It wasn't called Griffball, it, but it was like some other bullshit. I, I do not think because the point that I was gonna I was about no. to make was like they added some custom modes as like regular modes. One of the ones that they did add was like uh was it's just like these things that were popular like uh, shoddy snipers and stuff was a thing, and like the very simple ones they added, but like so they recognized shoddy. that that was in there, huh? I was gonna say, well, like the, the thing is that like shoddy snipers were 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 added as game modes, right? Officially, the other right. thing is that this is what I'm saying. It's like they recognize that those those sorts of things are popular, but they but those don't require map adjustment. The right, they misunderstand like why those things were popular, right? Like they should have include that. Like you're like you're right that the they should have included Forge from the from the beginning. For are, are, is everyone here familiar with Griffball? As an entity, I'm not. No. Okay, so Griffball is Halo's inside. There is a sport. There is a ball-based sport inside Halo that relies on a mix of gravity hammers and energy swords. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a gravity hammer and an energy sword, uh, and there is a ball. When you pick up the ball, it turns your character yellow, and they move faster. Your goal is to get the ball to the other team's goal. Um, you can Wait, did, throw. So it's field mm-hmm. hockey, rugby. Yes, it is field hockey rugby. Yep. Um, in Halo. Um, and also as of, I believe, Halo, like, I believe as of Halo 3, the ball also has physics. 
Uh, so you could, for example, drop the ball and then hit it with the gravity hammer to knock it across the map to one of your teammates. Or in Halo 5, you can pass the ball by just fucking lobbing it across the map to, again, one of your teammates. Uh, it is like a core pillar of like Halo's like multiplayer and like casual multiplayer space. Same thing with Infection. The thing is that both Griffball and Infection are primarily played on custom maps. Uh, built in Forge, as opposed to the official maps made in game. Infection is the, the like zombie game type, and is best played on maps built explicitly for it that have a bunch of little nooks and crannies to hide in, and a bunch of like odd geometry. And I think that only having Slayer and a handful of the more like structured modes has severely held the game back. In addition to the really messy way that they have implemented um, character customization that is a pretty stark backstep from Halo's, like, reach onward. Because I think that, like, Patrick, you're correct that, you know, Halo um, 1, 2, and almost 3, because 3 is at the beginning of, like, the introduction of, like, introduction of, like, actually having to unlock armor pieces consistently, um, are, like, deeply tied to just the joy of playing the game. 3, ODST, 4, Reach and five all had explicit progression systems that people did like, uh, and armor customization that people did like. And so there's an entire generation like of Halo fans. tricked into, and then <laughs> I mean, I, I, I liked customization, like character customization in Halo was I, those genuinely are two important. different things, yes, progression yes, 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 yes. and customization, and then the progression tied to customization. That's what I'm yes. that's what I'm suggesting yes. is. Like that's the the issue. Like I get wanting to have the bunny ears on your on your <laughs> on Master Chief. Um, right. You know before he has sex. The, we can't. We can't. We can't. What? We cannot. What the we fuck? Can. Kato, did we you have not? To say, we we have to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Kato, I haven't Kato seen it yet. Cover your fucking ears. And God damn it. We will talk later tonight, Kato. Fuck. Fucking block everyone. Do not talk to me. I am a threat. I am a security <laughs> risk. Um, this is all to say, yeah, I, I mean, it's not the progression system that's important, but the customization and Infinite did not have that. Mm-hmm. Infinite flat out did not launch with the basic customization that people, that an entire generation of Halo fans has come to deeply, deeply, like, appreciate well, and, There was like, some of it, but they to. locked it behind stuff, right? Like... Well, no, kind of. There was like armor the colors big, that you could pick, but it was like all you had to unlock the colors off of the battle pass and stuff. And y- yes, uh, so the key thing is that previously in Halo, you would launch with your armor set, right? Cool. You can customize the different pieces on your armor set. Change out your shoulders. Change out your knee pads. Change out your basic coloration. Maybe add an effect to your armor. Great, cool. The thing that Halo Infinite adds is the armor core system, which says that certain armor pieces can only be used with certain armor cores. So if you use the Mark VII Spartan armor core, that has its own set of customizables. So it has own set of shoulder pads, its own set of knee pads, etc., etc., etc. You cannot mix the parts from two different armor cores with one another. Mm-hmm. It's an artificial restriction that was placed on the game and placed on people's understanding of customization after every other previous game. Right. And then and then further locked behind having to unlock that stuff instead of it being just a thing that you picked before you go into a match, right? Yes, and also there wasn't anything. Like even once you get through the unlocks, the battle pass unlocks were all occasional like were mostly just armor colors and they were like 
unlocking green and blue. Yeah. Like we're talking yeah. basic armor colors and you were not unlocking armor pieces. And when you were unlocking armor pieces, it was for an armor core you didn't like most of the time. So it was like, oh, I have this cool helmet for this armor set that is totally different from the one that I actually like using because it has the shoulder pads that I like or it has the build that I like. Um, and it just completely like flatlined the game's customization. So what you're saying is the work of Halo Infinite is not done and that's why they got to put off rolling out. So it's not that people are like well fed. It's that there's no. still dishes coming out of the kitchen. Let Microsoft cook. <laughs> uh, let Microsoft cook and more. Microsoft will cook or die. <laughs> <laughs> they have to cook or they will fucking perish. Okay, here's the thing that I, I, I like my brain latched onto earlier about Griffball is that there are mentions that were data mined so that they're like yes. adding mm. it maybe, right? They will the add Griffball. Yeah. Well, it'd be ins- it would be insane if they did. if they never did. Right, Not adding right. Griffball would be. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, Halo Infinite has a lot of unforced errors. That would be an astounding unforced error. Um. Oh my god, I cannot imagine <laughs> not adding Griffball, and how fucking mad people would be. Well, it sounds like they're already plenty mad. Uh, so like, I think they got to get that food out of the kitchen. They they, they gotta they gotta put a rush on on that. And you gotta keep going with the shitty metaphor, skins. Rob. Just keep going. Just, just no, like, just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anymore. Hey, That's you know what's Rob, in my kitchen? Hmm. Rob crunches cool <laughs> Rob, what are you cooking? What are you feasting on? Uh, I'm feet. Well, it's less about what I'm feasting on than what I'm cooking it on. Uh, cause okay. I now have an induction range. <laughs> it's here Woo! god damn it just okay. just one week after that whirlpool let me down in my hour of need uh-huh. uh an lg an lg range showed up and let me tell you i am surprised how many pots and pans do not work on this induction burner <laughs> <laughs> oh no <Yes>. so <laughs> it's mostly so yes. i will say it's more that like a lot of my nicer, newer stuff is all good. It is the like standby basic pans that I picked up in a Cuisinart like starter gift set, like from my parents when MK and I moved in together 15 years ago. Uh, that's like I just hadn't realized that, like, oh yeah, no, a ton of like our basic pans are just this like old set, but it looks like stainless steel. I'm sure that's stainless steel. I I guess I can't visually distinguish between stainless steel and aluminum. I'm just like, that's probably stainless steel. Come to think of it, it was really light. So that probably should have been a cue. That probably should have, that should probably should have let me know. But, but either way, uh, you know, the, the, the long nightmare of not having a stove, uh, has, has been solved. Is that long? No, it's actually pretty short. I was going to say like in a, during COVID, some people went, like months being able to get appliances. I feel like you, a week turnaround is, is pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, you know, buying what is available in stock is, it's a good, is a good move. Uh, cause yeah, I think, uh, I I think, I feel like I lucked out on timing, uh, in terms of like what was in stock and ready to go. Um, 
you know, I, I think we didn't get our first choice, which was the GE that had the the air fryer. But here's my question: I'm not convinced I don't have an air fryer. Like, isn't it? Can, that, can you it, elaborate with that? Can you that, can you kind of? And as I understand it, all an air fryer is is a convection oven. Like it's using the same fucking circulate the air. Yeah, it's just it's it's the immediacy. It's that I I I, I just hit it. And it's small, it's portable, like, you could just, it's, it's, it's just less, it's convenient. It's, yeah. it's le- way more convenient than using it the way you're describing. That is the, it is taking a function that exists in a bigger object, putting it here, it's like, I just need to make six chicken nuggets in seven minutes. Oh, well, okay. I never need to make chicken nuggets. I would so never make a... six chicken nuggets in seven minutes. I would make like eight or ten chicken nuggets. But you only give a kid six uh, chicken nuggets. Have you nuggets? seen the size of a two year old? I don't need that. I don't need that. <laughs> I've seen those sheds coming on. No, I don't look at kids. I don't need to be twice as big. I don't know. I would never interact with a child. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a. I am kind of relieved it's here. It is a. Like it, it does feel like I'm cooking with some sort of sci-fi tech. It really is. It really is wild and eerie. The lack of heat <laughs> in the room, where it's like I'm cooking, and yet the room is cool, and there's no heat detectable anywhere except in the pan. That's like that's magical technology stuff. Now I should have cracked that manual open before I did some baking. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Why? <laughs> hey Rob. Why? So... Hey Rob. Why? There's like a chemical treatment that's sort of a final step uh, oh, on these yep. things. Oh, no. And you're supposed to run it before you run it. Well, <laughs> so should I eat these cookies? No. 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 Bad no, cookies. No. It's like Bad cookies. Tra- I mean, it's like, not a little treat, Rob. The smell was powerful. I will say that. Like, like it was like, we run this at 450 for an no. hour. Rob can and have a like, little wow, bit of food poisoning as a treat. Smell. No, he's no, he cannot. No, he <laughs> cannot. Rob has not been food poisoning. No, as he a cannot. <laughs> no, Rob, you have not been good. You cannot have a little treat. Uh, yeah, I feel like that was the uh, you know my my eagerness uh to just embrace this new technology and move into the future. Um, there were some some foundational mistakes made. Uh, can it be that bad if it? Here's the counterpoint. If if it was that horrific, right? Right, right. You would die. You would die from it. There would be on. No. Like this is how this is how these things usually work. Is like if you if you could die from it, someone has died from it. And if someone has died from it, most likely a regulator has told them you need to put a giant stick. Because like you'll see this when you get when you buy things. It's like here's a giant sticker, and it's like you need to do this before you remove the sticker. Yes. Yes. And so, do I think you should eat the cookies? No, because my guess is they could probably give you a stomach ache. Yeah, and they would, it's not recommended. Do I think it would? Do I think it would like kill you? No, right. because right. they would have put a giant sticker on the front that this said, is, "Make sure is. you if run this, this at four twenty-five for an hour before you do it." Yes. If this were something that they like that I seriously had to worry about, then there would have been like extensive dipshit yes. proofing yep. on this. And I think it's like recommended. It's like, look, yeah. you could get a tummy ache, and also. <laughs> You, you just you just shouldn't you should you shouldn't put these chemicals in your body, but it's pro you'll probably be fine. You'll probably be fine. I mean, so I've actually turned around. I don't think you should eat the cookies, but is, I think you'd probably be fine. I'm fine really excited, really, you know, to 
to get a text from Rob soon where he's like, oh, no, I'm transforming into the thing. No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, fuck. Oh, piss. All my blood is coming out. Oh, no. Yeah. I'll that probably is... live through this, but it fucking hurts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, I could just like still get cookie dough. Like I could just make another cookie. batch. Yeah, I know, but uh, my admirable thrift. It's like so it is, many you d- No, you cannot. Rob, you are not allowed that. to say admirable thrift. Patrick gets to have admirable thrift. You do not even get to say the phrase. That's admirable thrift. And you bought the more expensive one. I mean, under your orders. partner did under yeah, orders. I know, but I'm but I'm saying that MK that, that, was like, I don't want this six hundred dollar discount on a indistinguishably similar model. That Patrick found. <laughs> She's like, no. Wow. Throwing MK under the bus and you must you must buy the premium option. And I was like, mm-hmm. very well. Under protest, <laughs> I shall. Oh my god. It's cool. I dig it. Oh, I'm glad it's cool. Yeah. It's cool because it it it's not hot. It's not hot. It's cool yeah. to the touch. It's an induction range, so it's how, cool. So how much of how many pots are you replacing? Uh, so just some really critical ones, like the <laughs> um, oh, like the cool. soup pot, uh, uh huh, like that, like you know, you need to boil water for pasta or anything like that. So good. The good news <laughs> is though, I have something I can substitute in, uh, like a eight gallon witch's cauldron type thing sorry what yeah yeah gallon? yeah Eight gallon that works it, got, it works is it with cast are you iron? concocting spells uh no it's oh so it's like uh it's got like a steel bottom and uh, uh like alloy sides uh but i like it it heats okay. uh, but the problem is it's so it's so deep uh <laughs> that you know you're just like i just want to boil like I, I did a thing of hard-boiled eggs the other day it was like 45 minutes heating it up. Oh, my God. Because even with mighty even induction, with the induction burners, range, even yeah. with mighty induction. Yeah, it was like, you know, there's eight gallons of water in here. Now, did I need to heat eight gallons of water to do like no. a half dozen? Why, why Probably not. Would you, why would you fill it up all the way? <laughs> why would you fill it up all the way? Also, there are the devices that you can use to do that faster. I feel like my wife makes. I could have done. I could have used the sous vide uh, thing. Yeah. Or fill like. Put less than a gallon, like oh, and let all that space go to waste. I yes, you don't need it. <laughs> I'm gonna go to bed. We eventually, when we eventually do, Rob, maybe we should never do this cooking stream. I feel like there are things we like. What you just revealed here about how much water you put in oh. for the egg, like there's, we're gonna open a book. If and I, I just don't know if you want to open it. If if I if people get mad about how I pour a beer, I'm so excited for them to watch Rob cook. I am I am so <laughs> fucking Rob excited cook. for people to watch Rob cook. Oh my! I cannot think of anything I want more than for people to watch Rob's acne cook after do this. You, can I? Can I? I don't know what this beer thing is, but is this? Do you just like? Do you just go to Foam City? Do you yeah. Just like pour it straight in. But like, went straight I to Foam City and then was like, okay. but this, this is, is good, t- actually. That's, that's all it can mean. Like, 
Because it was fine. Well, there's two ways to pour a beer. It's it's at it an angle or it's like straight the, in. The and beer then was fucking fine. You can drink your beer in 20 minutes. And but but it is like the the meta is that if your beer doesn't foam up, you have problems. Like the beer should foam up and like. I too love to wait 10 minutes before I can. I didn't have, have to wait 10 drink. minutes. I just drank the beer. I just it was easy. It was, it was kid shit. It was all foam. It was not. It was like two thirds. How do you drink all that foam? <laughs> One do you third just inhale foam. your beer. Just sipping on that foam. I can't. Yeah. I, 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 we can't. We're sounds, not doing this again. We're sus. not doing this. We're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. I refuse to walk back in here. Uh, well, then I guess we have to talk about games that exist and that we can play right now. But that'll have to happen after the break. Be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. At what point is Ron, uh, Ron? Mm. At what point is Rob gone for an ominous amount of time? Five minutes. Rominous. Rominous. No, no, no. Kato, keep taking taking some more passes. A robnimous amount of time. Yeah. A rob. Robertimus. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm hearing Kato uninstall. Rob Oh, fucking Dunkachino video. One of the great pieces of American art. It's very funny that I've only ever seen that out of context. Because I don't know what it's like. Like, what would that like be like in context? What? Uh, what that that ad? Not an ad. It's from a movie. Dunkachino. Dunkachino is from a film. No, it's not. D- Dunkachino. The Dunkachino ad is an actual fucking Dunkin' Donuts ad. What? Wasn't it? Someone, hold on. Was I being fucking punked? Someone said it was. No, yeah. Yes. The product became a viral meme in 2011 after the actor performed a rap about the item in the 2011 Sam Andler comedy Jack and Jill. That is from a movie. So you're telling me. So you're telling me that Dunkachino is not. I was lied to. Yes, you were lied to. Dunkachino. I was. <sighs> Dunkachino, that clip that you've seen of Dunkachino is from the movie Jack and Jill. I've I've never been angrier. <laughs> I doubt, I don't know what Dunkachino is. Doubt you don't X know what Dunkachino is. No. Hold on. But then wait, again, wait. I, you, this is Patrick, important for you, you as a. Never been angrier. 
No comment. Uh, Rob, this is important for you because you're about to watch Heat. <laughs> great, great opening sentence, Kato. Oh my god! I mean, it's, isn't it true? <laughs> Are we gonna watch? I think this we together? should watch this. Yeah, yeah everybody, yeah, watch this together. Everybody, now, pull this have open. Up. Have it up, Don Cacino. Get is a ready. National treasure. It is a national treasure. It's fucking amazing that uh, Rob doesn't know about this as a Heat lover. <laughs> <laughs> are we all, are we all ready? I, oh, I started it. Oh, come on. No, you, Go gotta, you gotta wait. You gotta count all right. in. Re- all right, sorry. We'll count in. My apologies. All right. All right. On, on, on click. Three, two, one, click. Something's brewing at D&D. Wow! Al Pacino! It's not Al anymore. <laughs> it's Dunk. Dunk Pacino? <laughs> Don't mind if I do. What's my name? <laughs> Dunkachino. It's a whole new game. Dunkachino. You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend. Say hello to my chocolate blend. Attica, ooh, I lucky light. This whole trial is out of sight. They pull me back. You say Attica? Caramel oh, swirl. Christ. I know it was you. Everyone wants my Dunkachino. Can't get enough of my Dunkachino. Kids from 7 to 17 lining up for my Dunkachino. What's my name? Dunkachino. Dunkachino. That's objectively good. <laughs> so, so that mad. should be real. That should <sighs> Exactly. I want it to. Like, that's the thing is that I'm so mad to hear that it's from a fucking Adam Sandler comedy of all fucking things. Yeah. And not and not just my heart, you know, where it lived before, before it lived in my heart. And now I have to know. Now I have to know that it was real. That it was not real, you know. Yeah, it was not yeah. real. I couldn't live in well, such a beautiful future. Wait, hold on a second. Hmm. I mean, they made a Dunkachino. Yeah, I was gonna say, but but it's not like they ever did an ad campaign with him around. It. No, no, no. That is beautiful. I am um, so mad. But yeah, I mean, now I feel, I feel like so I need to fucking betrayed. To understand its comedic context. Uh, maybe I need to watch that movie. Nah, maybe we not, need to watch Jill. We, we do not. We do not. We. I cannot overstate how little we need to watch the Adam Sandler film Jack and Jill. Ren, I don't think you understand that when you phrase things that way, it um, increases the chances that <laughs> I do. Okay, hold on. So. You can keep this in. Okay. I had this idea for a while, and then I forgot about it. I didn't write it down, and now I'm gonna I want to spit it out while it came back to mind. Great. So, Sandler your reactions. No, but like your your reaction to that, there should be a bucket of like vile <laughs> things that we need to experience. As a group. That we need to experience as a group, or that yeah, yeah, I yeah. specific. Okay, no, for a second, no, 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 this is not a you thing. This is not a you thing. But I mean, God. like you had that reaction, which makes me think, okay. You take Jack and Jill, it goes, it's on the list. Mm. And that there is some sort of fan triggered. Oh my God. Uh, uh, we have like, to do something off the list. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm fine doing something off the list. I think Jack and Jill specifically, not for me. Not for, <laughs> not for, not for old Renata. No, yeah, I, 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 I 100% understand. Yes. I'm just saying, like, removed from Jack and Jill. Specifically. Yes. I think that, I think that's a very good. 
Yeah, we have the heinous bucket. Yeah, the heinous yeah, bucket. Something like that. Introducing yes. the heinous bucket. Your new, the new component of your Waypoint Plus subscription is that <laughs> once, once every quarter, we dip mm-hmm. into the heinous. Bu- <laughs> okay. Right. That sounds awesome. Uh, I love that. Oh man, that ain't. <laughs> this this is doesn't sound be- like much of a premise. This huh? is gonna be good, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll do commentary tracks the way that uh, we're doing mm-hmm. for the thing from another world this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're listening right. to this, that might be already happening. Check us out on twitch.tv slash waypoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if people, uh, I don't know how to, you know, it could be amassed over time based, based on people's reactions to things. Yeah. Or people could suggest things. Oh, I don't God. know. I don't, I, again, I'm. What are the most powerful the idea, hype but... trains? <laughs> Only the most powerful hype train can deliver us to the heinous bucket. <laughs> oh, oh my God. God. The fucking heinous bucket. I if don't want to go to level three hype train on Twitch. We go to the heinous bucket. Do we even do we even know where that money goes? Not yet. Yeah, yeah. No, we well, do. Yeah, we do. That has that, been worked out. That that actually goes to our our bucket. We have a bucket. Oh, it goes now. to our bucket. Yeah, we have nice. buckets. At least they know that it's ours. <laughs> it goes to, to Vice's bucket. Right, right. It doesn't go into like our paycheck bucket. No, but it's <laughs> it like a, a yeah. It's like a hey, we made this for you. <laughs> You made yeah. this? I made this. We made this. <laughs> this is I, how we win. I makes this. Yeah. Here's a question. Ikado. Yeah. Is Avatar in the heinous bucket? Oh, fuck. No. Oh, fuck. It's it is. Too, no, too, it is not in the average. heinous bucket. It is out of the heinous bucket. It is in the, it is in our hands. It is in our hands. Please, I've been fucking desperate to hear what the fuck you two did. <laughs> what? Oh. Hmm. What? What's well, this an allusion to? Hmm. <laughs> so Avatar The Way of Water comes out in December. And Not the James... By the time- Wait, hold on. Hold on. Oh. Yeah, the, av- the second Avatar film. Okay, yeah. Right, James I Cameron. remember now. Okay, yes. Yes. Um, and uh, so we're in the middle of doing the thing. Hopefully we'll do System Shock over the summer. That's, de- you know, depending on Natalie's schedule. Um you know, Final Fantasy Tactics, that may be up next because of Natalie's scheduling. But either way, like at some point we're going to run out of those presentation Waypoint 101s. <laughs> and like, you know, what if we watched Avatar, played the Ubisoft game Avatar, and did some other Avatar? The, the, I mean, do you see how many people watched the Avatar Way of Water trailer? That trailer is dog shit, but... What if we watched Avatar? I would want, I want to know what it was Rob the biggest movie Avatar. in history. Jesus Christ. But I didn't have to get Rob on board at all. That was, I was so ready easy. to that was Rob's so ready to watch easy. Avatar. Yeah. So okay. Ready. For let me just Cannot let me just see say you in November. Fuck. For context, I w- the way that this happened was I showed up to a stream and people were talking uh-huh. about Avatar and I asked about it. And then Patrick and Kata were like, don't tell her. Don't fucking don't tell say her. anything, Jack. And so I thought that there was more here. I thought that they, I thought well, that y'all had more. I mean, come on. That's pretty fucking. I don't know. That's great. Have you video seen game? the Avatar video game? Oh. How do you not Only make a good game about Avatar? Jesus. They're making a. There's a Excuse me. You forgot the other one coming out in like January or whatever. Oh, no. Fly. Yeah. <laughs> You fly. You fight. You fight. The, the mech's got a knife. You can ha- you can go to the world tree. Yeah, everyone fight? loves the world tree. Everyone loves the world tree. Do you crow? 
do you crow? Like, do you crow? Like celebrate? Crow. Like, no, huh? it's what's happening? Uh, Where am bad I? Bad hook reference. Anyway. Sorry, was that a reference to the film Hook? Yes. <laughs> During was. our Avatar bit? Well, because the fly it's, fight. It's, whatever. Kato's yeah. free associating. Oh, wow, Kato's just defeated. Kato's free. <laughs> this is Kato. Kato, fuck you guys. I'm going home. He's ever so mean to me. I think that's the quote. I don't even remember if I'm getting it right. Is the problem? Oh my god, you you have gotten all the way. You have the crow has has gotten off its ledge and is. I don't even. You know, I don't know. It's the right quote. Whatever. And yeah, he can't fight. He can't fly. He can't fight. He can't crow. Kato that, that, edited that is, out everything is, after Don no, Cheeto. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Don Cheeto was our last good moment. <laughs> no, we, but you got to leave in the, the, the heinous bucket. Yeah, yeah we will be bucket. using the heinous bucket. Heinous bucket. I, you know, saying it like that, I'm suddenly unsure of the name, though. I'm just unsure. <laughs> like, you got to really hit that H. You gotta really like, and people won't. Anus. People just won't. They'll be like, Haha, "I'm dropping the H," ironically, but they'll just be like, "Please stop doing that." It's a heinous bucket, please. Thank you. Very I have much. faith in our audience to be very mature about the heinous bucket. The heinous bucket. See, it's shit like this I that I was concerned about. Well, yeah, of course, because it's gonna come out of the heinous bucket. <laughs> Of course, that's the whole thing, Rob. Hey, but let's talk about the original Heinous Bucket, the Eye of Chaos. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, so I've been playing a bit of Warhammer 40k Chaos Gate de- Demon God Hunters. Damn it. Ooh. Oh. If you know your 40k lore, that makes perfect sense. That pivot, the was, that, that pivot gate- was magnificent. Wouldn't the original Heinous Gate actually be the Great Maw? You know, but actually, mm, mm-hmm. the old world's not actually, it's just a different universe. It doesn't predate Warhammer. So That's it's not, so there's no, true. There's no narrative connection between them at all. But I will say that from that game, it did look like that was that was real Heinous Bucket hours in that yeah. game. Like, and that And that Dragon Man contemplated his Heinous Bucket. Um, and his alchemy. Uh, but anyway, hey, there's another interesting 40k game uh, out right now that I think is worth checking out. Uh, Ren and I played it a bit on stream the other day. Yeah, it's Warhammer 40k, Chaos Gate, Demon Hunters. These names keep getting more intricate, I think, in part because of the 40k thing. Yeah. I feel like because they have to make Warhammer part of the title. Do you know? Then... I think I like I think by contract they they're doing that. Like <laughs> okay. everyone is doing it. Sure. Um so but I I I don't understand the way they're styling these titles. It's very strange. Uh because like I feel like you needed to choose between Chaos Gate or Demon Hunters unless the Chaos yeah. Gate's supposed to, you know, unless like real Warhammer heads know what the Chaos Gate is, but now you have to explain that in relation to it you're a Demon Hunter. I mean, it must be a Who's the who operates forty uh, k? Game, games, games Workshop. Workshop. Games Workshop. That must be like it. Almost feels like that is a Games Workshop on down edict <laughs> of hey, this is just how we do our titles, and right. the publisher puts their head in their hands and go, my, my SEO, my poor SEO, <laughs> my poor, poor SEO. <laughs> Look what they've done to my boy's name. 
so it sort of been pitched to me like I'd heard different pitches of it as like oh it's uh, Gears Tactics but 40k it's XCOM but 40k I think it's actually a pretty effective blend of the two Um, but also with some interesting like metagame and character development options in play but like mostly it is I I feel like we've all seen a lot of like competent tactics games where it's like yeah you know the tactics game it sort of evokes something of its theme I think it's a little I think this is ending up uh, a little bit higher than that for me yeah Um, yeah Ren we played it a bit uh, and you're not you're not a Warhammer head but you are a tactics person uh, and you seem to be vibing with it too. I love these tactics. Like legitimately, their mix of abilities and like character builds seem really, really unique and cool. And also the amount of environmental stuff that they're doing is really, really exciting. So to like point out a moment in our playthrough, um, there was one time. So Rob, I feel like the best way to summarize our feelings on Warhammer Chaos Gate is to talk about Voldred and... Um, Orlius are our two our two our two guys Elanthus and Voldred are two mm-hmm. guys. So we basically start this game and at the during the first mission, uh the tutorial mission, everyone gets owned. Uh, because uh the original commander is fucking dog shit and he decides to 1v1 a demon king. He's just like, all right, real let really me solo her energy. Just yeah. And you know what? More like let her solo me. That one. That guy. It's more like <laughs> what with the sexual tension of let her solo me, if we're being honest, because that fight is that fight has has an energy to it. It does. If you want to see a, a a man stab a demon in the chest and be like kind of fucky about it, boy, do I have the video game for you. Um and so kills this guy and there's one survivor. Uh and that survivor uh, from the tutorial is Eolanthus. Eolanthus is a dude and he's got a big fuck off spear. And so Rob and I put that guy in some big heavy ass armor. Uh, and he's our, he's our main tank. We also found a little twink named Voldred, uh, who has two swords and has a teleporting ability. And this is where the game's like actual tactics bit is, is really cool is, um, that teleporting ability lets him basically teleport directly behind enemies and then hit them. There's also an ability that lets him swap places with an ally. And so we have built them in such a way where the super fast skirmisher can run in, do hits with his melee weapon, and then teleport the tank into the enemy's back line by swapping places with him, at which point he can just shred. The other thing that the game has is these environmental interactables, um, for example, if there's a pillar in a room, one of your, um, space Marines can go up and just punch the pillar and then the pillar will fall over and crush enemies in a line. And there's a ton of interactables like on every level. Um, for example, the one that level we played on stream had a, um, it's like main interactable was, uh, a manhole cover that I threw across a bridge, destroying the bridge, and then setting up for Voldred teleporting behind an enemy and killing them in one hit. It is a really, really satisfying combination of, like, abilities and skills that also feels not only thematically appropriate, but, like, actively really good to play. 
Yeah, and I think it ties in. I'm I'm super glad we didn't uh, go to the higher difficulty. So because I started a new campaign uh, last night just to see what else is going on there. Uh, and there's a lot of not only does the campaign ramp up, but there's actually a lot of cool things that drive snowballs in the missions mm-hmm. uh, that kind of caught my attention because I, I do like I think it's always fun where it's just like, OK, now you're going to be back footed, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, in this mission. And so there was um, like a few things I started seeing was <laughs> because of 40K, you got small squads and you're going to be predominantly like outnumbered by a lot of like trash mobs. But there's some like more uh, formidable enemies uh, in the mix. You see, like, uh, for instance, in the in the intro tutorial, like the Marines that can explode human cultists in like one hit are just like bouncing off of demons for instance it's just like it's a different it's a different sort of enemy uh but like early in the campaign you're you're dealing with a lot of sort of those uh trash mobs for lack of a better word but the numbers can get a little bit dicey especially as the game begins adding in things like um so there's a timer on the missions that fills up a what is it a bloom timer bloom. yeah the bloom timer yeah. and when We're that happens that when that happens the enemies get a boon uh to them like they get like this guy's got boons they got boons so like oh, they, they, they can take the shape of a thing where um a bunch of their dead are resurrected and so Boom. you'll be like all right we're clear now to move on to this next group and then like the timer rolls over and all the dudes you just killed like stand up behind you Jesus. Uh, and like they're not they're, they're like now they're just like shambling zombies but like there's still ads that right. you got to like crowd control your way through and like they fuck up your positioning. Um, there's things where you will have like a miasma of weakness uh, like blows across the map. And as long as your Marines are standing in it, their melee abilities are like 20% effectiveness. And Shit. because that is, yeah. It, yeah. Ren, Ren's eyes are popping up because like 20% the best thing these guys can do is like hit people in the face till they die. Like right. that's their that's their best like kit. Um especially cuz their their guns are not super long range, so it's better for them to move in and engage and just wait in there. But yeah, like once you're hit with that that weak ability, uh suddenly this crew of badasses who were just designed to like charge forward into enemies, now you're like backpedaling to try to stay in gun range. Um, and so like it, it throws stuff like that at you. It'll, it'll do things like you completed the mission. Great. Uh, extraction will be ready at some point. Just hold out as long as you can. The first time that happened, I wasn't, wasn't expecting that and was not set up for it. Uh, and so it turned into a real hairy, like, okay, well, we just barely won this fight and everyone's out of position. Cause I was in like last turn mode where it's like, once I right. kill these guys, it's done. And then they're like, all right, now, good luck. And four <laughs> spawn locations open up and you have to, like, defend on four fronts uh, while you're while you're dealing with that. And, and this is all like and Renata, I saw that stuff playing one more mission than we did on the stream, maybe two. Like it, the ramp up is fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's like the thing that kind of works for me here is, Patrick, you were alluding to the fact that. We both liked Gears Tactics, but it just had so few tricks up its sleeve. There's so little variety. Yeah. Excellent game that you just exhausted everything that it had to offer 
halfway through the game and then it just kind of kind of kept going. Yeah, and and Demon Hunters feels like it has uh plenty of twists th- uh to keep throwing your way. To say nothing of the fact that and and Ren, I think you were sort of digging into this a bit uh with me on stream is that like your character archetypes are more interesting and then the ways they can be developed are more interesting. Like that there like Gears Tactics is a game where I felt like I had a few templates I kept going back to. Um, and here it feels like there's just a lot of, it doesn't feel like your characters are end so cookie cutter, uh, cause yeah. there's different things. And, and I just want to note for people who are interested in watching our streams, uh, Rob and I have already, uh, become deeply attached to two characters, uh, who I am now very afraid are going to die immediately. Uh, <laughs> cause it sounds like this game ramps up pretty quick. And now I am very worried that, uh, Voldred and Elanthus are going to get fucking owned. Well, okay. Actually, they, this is a smart thing to do. Um, they do the XCOM thing where wounded troopers have a recovery time. It's very long, and especially if they're badly wounded. And I haven't fully yeah. worked out the, how this is going to come together, but it seems like I got word back that one character who was knocked during a fight uh, where I was overrun, he got teleported out, but he's critically wounded. And when I got the notice that he was now being downgraded to just wounded status... They were like, oh, and don't worry, we put the new joint augmentics on him. I don't know yeah, what those this... do. <laughs> so, so Rob, one thing I, I want to note is that that guy, uh, uh, Voldred, yeah. he gets extra augmentics every time he gets knocked out. Right. So he is going to get, every time he gets killed, he's going to get stronger. If he, if he gets, like, pulled out and, like, gets to be augmented, that guy's just going to keep getting stronger, which is very exciting. And, like, the fact that you will have, you, you would, like, it seems like your roster is not so deep. And so, like, I'm playing along at normal difficulty. And I'm starting to struggle to field a full squad of four that are healthy. Jesus because Christ. the reset on people being, because the thing is, it's not if they, like, if they get knocked, they're critically injured. Mm-hmm. If they just get, like, knocked around, they're wounded. And their wound recovery time is pretty significant. So I'm starting to sit there being like, uh, I am not like one of the character archetypes you have is apothecary, basically a field medic who, uh, in fine medic tradition uses his tools of healing as a melee weapon. I ended up feeling a three apothecary squad, uh, to a fight because that's how, like, you know, who was not getting fucked up were the, were the medics hanging behind the squads, uh, like helping keep everyone on their feet. Until suddenly it was like, well, everyone's down. And so it was like three medics and a rookie machine gunner uh, waiting in there. I'm so excited to play more of this. Dude, it was really cool. I was like, also, it turns out the medics have some different kits that they can build into that's like, uh, I can, you know, I can be your angel or I can be your devil type stuff. <laughs> like, I can, I can, uh, I have the gifts of a healer, but also I can kill enemies with my mind. Uh, and so like, you know, one of my field medics hit level three and he was like, okay, I think I mastered, um, splints and butterfly bandages and, uh, morphine administration. And now I think I'm ready to graduate toward, uh, flaying the skin off chaos cultists, uh, while they live (laughs) and causing bleed damage for several turns. And I was like, you know what? Uh, We'll call that phlebotomy. 
There is a fun, there is a fun <laughs> setting note here uh, that I want to convey to people is that this is playing as the Warhammer faction where all of the space marines are also psychic, psychic monster men, um, as opposed to just standard power suit wearing monster men. They're all psychic nightmare humans. Um, yeah, I didn't pick this up, but like the Inquisitor sort of alludes to the fact that you're all directly descended from the Emperor, who is we all know is the most powerful psyker in human history and totally alive. And totally, and definitely alive, alive. Totally, and definitely, totally, definitely, definitely alive, alive. <laughs> and really good at being alive too. Um, he's really cool and good at being alive, and he is it. Um, and also, like genuinely, I think the cast of characters you got with you is kind of a fun crew. Like they're so fun. Like you have your robot ships engineer, who's like an immortal cyborg, cyborg, um, who is like genuinely just horrible like (laughs) but in a really good way where it's like it's like if i ever had kids the way i would be about those kids attempting to interact with my sound system the home (laughs) just any part of the home theater really you wouldn't you wouldn't have those things they would be in a different room studio um all this is like that sounds like most of your where you live, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. So like you've, li- you've kid- listed a lot of places that are kids are going to most- be very precocious. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be, uh, it's like, there'll be some baby, pr- there'd be some baby proofing that would happen, obviously. But I think the, the truest form of baby proofing is to teach a child to make adult decisions. Oh my God. Um, proof the baby. Uh-huh. Out and, and, and how does this connect back to our, our tech priest? The tech priest is basically me in that scenario. And you are the child. Like the tech priest is like, uh, yeah, please don't touch that. Um, I just look, I'm just trying to get this. I'm trying to get the thousand year old warship back together. It's really, I can't replace any of this. Do you understand? Like we really need to get, I really need to like work on the tuning for this setup. I really can't be bothered with like helping you on your mission. I just really need these vintage parts. And also, There's by the only way, fuck you for going on this mission. <laughs> yep. Also, fuck you for going on this mission, you fucking idiot, you fucking stupid piece of shit. Gotta, I hate everyone else on this goddamn ship. Fuck t- you. I don't even believe in your god. You're taking a warship into a war? What are you doing? This thing's a collector's item. Uh I've been with it for a thousand years. So, that stuff is that stuff is fun. Um there is a uh like Fine Warhammer tradition of sexy inquisitors, and oh God, she's we got so one. hot. She's so hot. I love her <laughs> so much. If you want to see me pretend to flirt with a video game character on a stream, go back and watch that vod. I fucking love that woman. Oh my god, she's so mean, so judgmental, she's so mean. <laughs> I crave her approval. Two very different ways of saying the words. She's so mean. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like so, it's. So far, it is definitely like one. I hadn't realized there's a tactic shaped hole in my heart, but there was. And there I'm always like, is. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since and, XCOM Two happened. And honestly, like I don't know. It's it's early. I'm curious to see how this metagame holds up. But I've never thought that XCOM Two's yeah. campaign was really that well. Like it generates like, yeah. cool moments. But once you know how it how it's constructed and how the arc works, I've never thought it was like that amazing. I'm curious how this one goes. Uh, because like in terms of like how characters come together, some of the the structure of it, uh, that stuff is is all cool. Um, 
just just from like that first stream that we did, it feels like the the like ability kind of uh abilities available to you early on are more interesting than the kind of slower ramp up of a necrom, yeah. right? Like I'm, uh, you yeah. can eventually get the person who teleports and fucking melee's people, but like it's gonna be a while before you get your Templar up there, you know? Yeah. That that's exactly is that like we are already fucking teleporting behind people and like swapping places with our allies. It's it's sick. Well, it is and, sick. And I'll, I'll I'll give it this too. I think sometimes tanky characters are tough to make interesting in a tactics game. Yeah. Um and a lot of games, I think, just err on the side of, well, the tanks just won't be that t- tanky, right? That, like, what what you got here is a slow character that can sell more damage, but, like, not that much more. You still got to be really careful, but the trade-off is going to be they'll have some huge cannons with them or something. Uh, here, there's a lot of specs where you can just be like, I have built a character that can just wade into a horde of enemies and before they can even like lay glove on that character, they got to get through like several points of armor that just like wipe out damage straight off the top. And also the tanks can transfer their armor to any ally. And that's the cool shit to me is like your tank can be like, yeah. hey, guy over there who's actually got flanked because I'm super slow. You actually can't be fucking touched. Yeah. No one can even look at you because you have eight points of armor, despite the fact that I'm not nearby. Um, That is really satisfying because I think that is like. The key problem with most video game tanks is the fact that they can rarely actually protect people. Yes. Um, yes. And because- like, and it's not fun in the tactics game to have everything slowed down to the pace of like the crawling unit, like where it's like you just can't everyone just hang back and wait for the person lugging the armor and the cannon around uh, to keep up. Otherwise, you're going to be once again doing an entire counter with like a sniper and a scout. You're also entirely dependent usually upon um, something that like, oh, yeah, this is our character who uh, the tanks also have to waste an ability being like, please hit me because Mm -hmm. they have to be Mm -hmm. the ones taking damage and proper target acquisition that the AI always has means that they're always going to attack your supports first because that's the correct thing to do. But the thing that this game gives tanks is the ability to go, oh, even if you're not attacking me, I can protect people. Uh, and that is, uh, I think, a very good decision. Uh, I, have two, I have two questions. Uh, <laughs> so my experience with games like this are largely XCOM and like very XCOM adjacent. Like, hey, we're just going for the XCOM thing. Like, I'm not a tactics person. But like, I, I, Gears Tactics is one of my favorite games the last couple of years. Like XCOM 1 and 2, all timers. But that didn't turn me into a like a tactics head. It was just like, I like this very specific kind of approach. They're almost like, character action e tactics games like they're much like they share a lot in common with the kinds of action games i like to play but just in a turn-based fashion so one the basic question is like often when i look at these warhammer games like i'll be tempted by like the style and aesthetic um but they end up just being like way more complicated than than like i care it's like is this game approachable to me maybe if i put it like put the difficulty down a notch like the fact that rob is sweating three medics and i was like okay well then that's rob like i don't think i'm gonna be able to crack this game if that's where he's at well, a couple rob, of missions did you, did you tick it up is what you said or no 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 i left oh, okay. it at normal but i'm saying the ramp up did lead me because oh, okay. i've been, I've been reading that the difficulty of this game if you don't specifically was like i'd read like two reviews that were like so i played eight hours of this game and then started over once i knew how skills went and i was and that's like an immediate like well, no I mean, like so, red, to be fair, red flag like, I, for me. 
I think that's how I ended up being with a lot of XCOM. Like, I think I feel like I had to discard one XCOM one campaign before I was really able to see it through. I definitely had to with XCOM two. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know my and like I'd be curious to hear y'all's thoughts on this. But like to me, like Patrick, from what you described, I'm like this. This seems to me like it's squarely in that wheelhouse. It does. Yeah. Like, and I've heard it's very good on the Steam Deck. Um, oh. And so I guess that makes I'll have sense. To, it, uh, it also go ahead. I was going to say it also is, I would say, less frustrating to play uh, than mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, XCOM because you do not have the 97% miss. This game is like just does Gears it Tactics. Does. Yeah. It, you, you will, if someone is behind full cover, you will not do damage to them, but you can destroy that cover. If someone is behind partial cover, you will do half damage to them. Gotcha. Uh, and I think very simple. And I think to that, like, I'm, I'm sure it'll change as more powerful enemies come out, but like your dudes are all space Marines. There's a lot of forgiveness for like, if you, if you blow positioning, um, it won't be easy. Your character can still get knocked, but like I had a character who like, I just got over aggressive, charged them too far forward. And there was a turn where enemies were just like unloading machine guns into them. (laughs) And it got them down to like a sliver of their health, but it wasn't like the XCOM thing where it's like, because you left this one flank open, this character is insta dead. Um, that, that's not this game. Uh, so it's a, it's a little bit more forgiving on that axis as well. My uh, second question related because most of my experience is like a gears tactics, fire emblem, XCOM is, uh, I often grade those games. My enjoyment with them is how long the sniper curve is, Uh which is to say that like XCOM (laughs) remained interesting for me until I had snipers that just. Oh, so I know, I know, I know. I'm setting you up because I know this game doesn't have snipers, but let me just, I'll finish the thought. (laughs) And it's like, which is why I'm asking. Um, Like, so like, you know, it's like XCOM 1 and 2, Gears Tactics, and then, oh, what's the fucking gorgeous, really fun tactics game from a couple years ago with the animals? It was in like kind of the wastelands. um, Oh, uh, Mutant Year Zero. Mutant Year Zero. Yes. Awesome game. Really, really enjoyed that one. Still got to play that one. Fuck. It's great. Um, I'm sure it's still worth going back. But that was also a game that, you know, I invested in my sniper and like the sniper curve eventually sort of like broke the tactics part of it. And so when I had read or listened when I was poking it out of the stream that at least at one point uh, the, the two of you had mentioned this game doesn't have a sniper. I found that like really fascinating because I think a lot of these games can be broken. At least the games I've played in this sort of like mainstream tactic genre it's like, hey, man, just invest in the sniper class and, like, you can kind of break the power curve on this game. And so I was curious from that perspective, I don't know, what that makes you think of in terms of what this game is doing. I, yeah, I would say that this game escapes the curve that you are afraid of. Uh, units may become very powerful, but I don't think there is, like, from what I have played, I do not think there is an end-all, be-all class that can just, like, carry you through. No, and I, and I think on top of that, this is not like uh, like very early in the game. It's a half form thought based on early impressions. But like even in that stream, I feel like the the game's relationship to space is kind of interesting. Like your Overwatch cone is pretty narrow. Like it can, you can cover a small area around you, but you can't like close down an entire like a, a huge critical lane, uh, right. like into the distance. You don't have any like. Damage falls off quite a bit over over range. And so like a big part of this is about how you traverse space and move into 
to killing range as opposed to games with that sort of sniper curve and sort of empower like hang back tactics. A lot of times that hinges on if your characters can get free shots off and they're like well positioned in cover, they can just sort of go like buzzsawing through enemies uh, without too much trouble. And here there are a lot of things that are sort of giving you a little shove to one, figure out how you're going to cross uh, an expanse of uh, like terrain and two, like how you're going to demolish the guys once you once you make that crossing because they do. The enemy does post up a lot like the like the squads you fight love to set up uh, Overwatch cones against you. And so a big a big part of this game is like figuring out how you're going to uh, advance into the range where you're effective without just giving the enemy up uh, those free shots. So I think it it, it seems like it's very well built to um, avoid those pitfalls that, yeah, like uh, a lot of those tactics tactics games fall into where uh, there's just a God tier sniper class or in XCOM 2's case, two God tier <laughs> sniper classes yeah. uh, that are just unstoppable. This is a game about meaty guys getting in the paint. Mm-hmm. Like that, like at its core. And it will like if you if you want to play a game about big meaty guys getting in the paint, then this is the one for you. It's like a bunch of Giannises, Rob, like just out there just muscling their way through. That's pretty much like <laughs> it is, this is very much. This is not uh this is a like nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties in the NBA nope. in the NBA court of, of Warhammer forty K Cascade Demon Hunter. It's just it's just the middle the middle of the, the court in front of the hoop. Uh the Splash Brothers were splashed all over <laughs> a chaos altar. Uh yeah, they they they're not they're not built for this. Uh so yeah, I, I think like I, I Patrick, I I would say that it seems to me like this would be a, a a tactics game that would resonate with you as well. Uh, okay, so I think I'll, give it, I'll give it a go. I have it installed on my deck. I just haven't. I was waiting oh, to see shit. how the two of you responded to it. Yeah. Austin now, now has a deck. Rob, you still don't have a deck, but every day we get closer. Every day we go through May, we get closer. <laughs> now, how now now, Patrick? How do you feel about fascism? <laughs> he already right, played as, this as cog. Yeah, this is yeah because that is the forty k thing, right? Like, gotta be <laughs> down, down with fascists. So, in the talk, sense that you want to be them, bit. <laughs> like, so Games Workshop has tried to clarify. They've tried mm-hmm. to deal with the fact that like there's uh, sort of like fascist sympathizers in their communities. They also have a problem of like their most fascist factions are kind of cool uh, <laughs> and like metal. Uh, <laughs> And then, of course, the real, the probably the biggest problem in that universe is like, you know, fascists are kind of right. Like, <laughs> look, when you're staring down the barrel of foul chaos demons and all that shit, like, you, you do need an Inquisition. They're the only ones who can fight. Uh, now, it is ironic, of course, the Inquisition is often the source of chaos infestations because the people you 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 have fighting demons often become, you know, the classic thing. Point is, uh, Patrick, it is a land of contrasts. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I I think I, I would not view it as a source. It is not an ideological text for you to peruse. I'm not. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, I, I picked up on that. <laughs> I picked up on that most of the time that I've watched cutscenes for Warhammer 40K products. <laughs> I mean, you know that 
that dude in, in the Space Marine game. Now he was, they were making some Antifa Space Marines in that game. Those, those guys, those guys were great. Of course, at the end, that guy was arrested. So mm. <laughs> now, also one thing, I do want to note one thing, uh, Rob. Yeah. I do want to push back against one part of everything you said here. Yeah. Uh, the Inquisitor of Akir is really hot. You know that's so true. <laughs> that's that is so, so true. true. That's so true, Bestie. It, it's 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 really true, and it's a really good point. Um, and I just wanted on the record that um, yeah, the Inquisitor of Akir is really fucking hot. It's kind yeah. of the thing. It's kind of the. It's kind of the thing. Yep. No, it's it's true, and I think we do have to give uh, her ideas a little extra consideration. Um, maybe she'll like us better if we do. Uh, <laughs> all right. So while I shake that off, uh, what else have we been playing uh, this week? Uh, Who is this uh, a lead into? Oh, just uh, anyone. Anyone. Just yeah, no, I've got a. Just tossing a it. Want to shout out? Um, I've got a game here. It says Pangolin. It was Peglin? Yes, that's uh, that is. Uh, we streamed uh, Kato uh, and I, and then joined by Ren. Uh, streamed that earlier this week. Uh, yeah, Peglin is a game that is. Uh, I mean, it's a like a pachinko roguelike. You know, a a, a peggle a peggle roguelike. Um, you play as a little goblin. Oh, man, talk about these. things I haven't had in a long time. A peggle. Yeah. Um, yeah, they let me. T- I'm surprised they never. Please. I'm surprised they didn't make another one of those at some point. That would have, even if they made, they some, did make Peggle too. They did, but even that was a long time ago. Like Peggle seemed uh, ripe for <laughs> how old is like that? A, a, exactly, like a mobile game that had some really fucking awful free to play mechanics. It seems like yeah. that would have should have been Peggle's future. But yeah, Peglin is a uh, go check out the stream. It's a it's a it's a really enjoyable early access. Oh God, Peggle uh, two is almost a decade old. Yeah, dude. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> hey, quit um, doing that time. Uh, so yeah, go check that out. That game is ex- it's like still pretty early in the early access process, but it's it's like one of those games that I played three hours of, really enjoyed, and that I will be excited to come back and check it out. Um, like in six months. Um, it's a it's a really neat uh game, and I I interviewed the one of the designers earlier today, so I'll have something on that in in a week or so. Um. The other game, uh, oh yeah, uh, Haiku the Robot. Um, it's a game. It's only on Steam right now. Um, made by one person. Um, it is a just really beautiful. Here I'll link it in here. Really beautiful, uh, like Metroid uh, style game. You know where you're exploring a big unearthed map and getting abilities and fighting. Uh, enemies along the way it is it is as formulaic as the formula goes but uh it's really pretty great music plays great it's like very charming to know that it was made by like largely one person um the developer here is listed as mr morris games <laughs> is that mr morris i don't i don't i don't know if that's true <laughs> i dm'd with them at one point i don't i i want to believe that that is mr morris and that is the their name um but uh yeah it's just a really good one of those. I don't know that I would recommend it to people outside of like you just occasionally, like, you know, much like you, Rob, with the, you were saying like, ah, I didn't know I wanted a tactics game. And like, turns out I've missed them. It's like, it's been just long enough since Metroid Dread. It's like, ah, oh, I just like games that are made like this. And, mm. uh, Haiku the Robot is a, and we, and we didn't learn anything about fucking Silk Song at that indie world. No, they did <laughs> put out a statement though. Um, oh, like what? they felt, 
Shit. They felt they felt the pressure, which is now that oh, every I mean, time did you there's see, a new I watched Nintendo that in, Direct. Yeah, I watched the Nintendo Direct live, and the chat, I surprising. It's all Silk Song. It, it's all Silk Song. Everyone's like Silk Song. Well, because now it's well, because now it's a meme. Like, I don't even know how Silk Song. It'll always be Silk Song until the game comes out. Sadly. Uh, well, until Microsoft realizes they don't have Starfield and they throw $10 million at the studio behind Silk Song and uh, tries to make it a Game Pass exclusive. Um, which I think Silk is like Song a is the new Half-Life 3. Uh, no, it'll, it'll come it'll, out. I mean, it's, it'll come it's, it's, out. It's, it's, it'll come, I don't it's mean it, but tiny it's, a, like it's almost been memed people. that way. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so yeah, anytime there is a an event, uh, th- that, that game comes up. No, they put out a statement that was, uh, we're honored that Hollow Knight Silk Song won the 2021 Unity Award for the most anticipated game. And hugely appreciative of all the fans who support us as we work on the game. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to the day we can share the game with you all. It can't be too much longer, surely. <laughs> Signed, <laughs> Team <laughs> Cherry, which is very funny. Like, that's oh an extremely... What does that mean? God damn it. Like, that is that is so <gasps> good. Um, uh, oh, this wasn't even as a result of the indie uh, stream. This was at the end of last month. So that was at the okay. end of... April. Um, I, I I I would think that game would will come out sometime late, later this year. I, think I, I cannot end wait. of the year maybe. Um, yeah, it fe- that feels like a. They and drop, if we're gonna hear about a release date. Uh, yeah, I don't release it, it'll release come, date during the summer. Drop in the holiday like that. time. And yeah. like it's like look, that game's too big. It's gonna be during a proper Nintendo direct. Like if they do right. an E3 one, that's that's my guess. I, mean, I don't know. Like, they throw all sorts of shit into the indie thing where you're like, oh, that's here because it's technically indie, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Well, the, yeah, the definition of indie is uh, <laughs> right. Malleable these days. Um, and then the last one uh, I want to shout out. Uh, I've gotten. Uh, oh shoot! Uh, did I write it down? Because uh, I turned my phone off because I kept getting signed in from other Discord locations. Uh, oh, BeatStar. Uh, so. It's a, this is a mobile game um, that uh, it's a music rhythm game. It's like three lanes um, and then like different, uh, not notes, but like these, like uh, all my BeatStar Google searches are like, <laughs> how do I get around this a- aspect of the monetization? Um, <laughs> oh, uh, no. Well, uh uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's a, like a three three lane a note chart. Um, you you situate your thumbs on each side, so it's meant. I I don't know if you can play it on an iPad. It would seem like that would be difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But you can, on your phone, you're situating your your thumbs on on the sides so that you have easy access to the first and third lane. And then um, it's you know very easy to get your thumb over to hit the middle lane. Um, as the notes come down, um, it has sort of like you know this, this kind of standard like music rhythm game sort of judging scale. It's mostly like great, perfect, perfect plus. Mm-hmm. So like great is like the vicinity of where you were supposed to hit it at the bottom. Perfect is awfully close. And then perfect plus is like there's this center line that if you line it up there, that's like the ultimate version. Um, it like the note charts are great. I love like unabashedly just fucking love pop music and Beatstar. Part of this is because this has been out for like a year and a half. It has just a tremendous library of Stuff that is just like whatever you're hearing right now that's popular all the way to, yes, I would like to do a music rhythm version of Jimmy Eat World's The Middle. That is one of my favorite songs of all time. And then the way uh, I'm butting up against the monetization because it's a free to play game, Um, of course, which you can buy packs of yada, yada, yada. But one of the really cool things it does is like, hey, in order for the game to stay relevant, 
we're going to be focusing on like what's popular right now. But if you are more interested in throwback songs, uh, hip hop, like different genres, as you earn currency while playing the game, you just start throwing those into like the hip hop bucket or like the nineties bucket. Um, and then as you, you basically like, as you earn credits by completing songs, those go into these boxes, which then give you a random song. Um, there's also like a cool bit where it's synced up with, it's like, Hey, could you want to connect this to your Apple music library? And I was like, sure. Uh, I don't know why, but I guess I'll get something free out of it. And <laughs> it does that. And then just like pulled like three songs that you've listened to a lot. And it's like, Hey, you can just, we've got these in the game actually, if you just want to play them. Um, nice. and it's just a real, like, it's just a real joy. I, I, I sought this out because on the interview I did with the folks, two of the folks who worked on the panic play date, we ended up talking about rock band and like music peripherals and different ways of interacting with games. And it like made me realize like how much I truly do miss the rock band games. And I wish there was some modern version of it because as I had mentioned in that podcast, I will never be a musician. I don't have the talent to hold an instrument, but like part of the reason I love music rhythm games is because it allows me to, in some way understand the joy of music and what it must be like to perform it um, as like, you know, a, a metaphor of interface. And I really, really miss that. And this game, despite like butting up against its monetization stuff constantly, the most uh, specific, the one that irritates me the most is you, uh, there are these like blue gems and they're essentially continues. So let's say you're going through a song and you miss a note. Well, you can spend gems to continue on the song. If you don't miss a note, you can just go all the way through. But the moment you miss one, you then have to spend a gem and you get daily gems and then you can buy gems. Like, it's just kind of frustrating. because, like, look, I made it three fourths through the song. I'd like to just finish it, please. And it's like, well, yeah, sure. Just like give us a dollar and then you can, or you can wait till tomorrow and get your gem pack. And so like stuff like that is really frustrating. Um, but the reason I've stuck with it even though it's been a couple of days or like, it's the thing I'm always like, it's gotten, gotten me off checking Twitter and things like that when I'm being idle because the note charts are excellent and the music selection is really, really good. And it's like, it's absolutely scratching like that music, like getting to feel like you're part of music that I love about the music rhythm genre and what I loved about like guitar hero and, and rock band specifically. So uh, if, if, you know, that the, I wish there was just a, pay 50 bucks and just, you can just play all the things that doesn't exist. But, uh, for what it is, I, it's like, it's really tremendous and enjoyable. Um, and I, I highly recommend it. Um, at least with those, those caveats attached. Um, if I may segue here, speaking of mobile monetization, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've actually been playing Zach Gage and Jack Schlesinger's not words. Ah, I've been meaning to play this. Yeah. Which has, actually the exact thing you talk about you can pay them 11 bucks and just get that's it no more monetization uh if not it's like you don't it, it doesn't interrupt play that much honestly so what the, the game daily is, is free right like the, right. the daily is free in that so game. essentially what it is is um imagine a small crossword board but instead of having numbers assigned to where different words begin and clues assigned to those numbers there are blocks of like four to five uh, square areas that have a set of letters that you that go in those squares, um, and it's never the length of a full word normally. 
it's always like you're getting part of the, a word. It, it's like so the the whole puzzle is that you're just trying to figure out you're trying to fill in this crossword puzzle uh based purely on what words you can make with the letters that are in there and the way that they described it is that it's it's a puzzle where it only has one solution right it's not like you can ever get stuck in a way where i'm sure that the rest of this puzzle all filled in and this last bit isn't fitting so i have to undo everything and find the a better solution it's like oh no there's something in you know there's if the rest of the puzzle is fitting and those words are all making sense and it says that you you've spelled things correctly the the issue will only be at the point you're having trouble with um but it's a really clever take on just like a word game where you can get a hint and the hint is a crossword clue for the word so like it still has that crossword thing in there which is very fun kind of twist to it and like patrick was saying normally you download this game on your phone or whatever or i think there's also a steam i think that you have to pay for the steam version i believe um, yeah, but, they put, they put this, there's a, I highly recommend there's a, um, uh, John Gruber, who's like an Apple blogger, writer, did a like tremendous, like two hour, two and a half hour interview podcast with Zach Gage, where they spent a lot of time talking about demonetization, mm-hmm. and like the design process uh, for this. And like one of the things they mentioned, Zach mentioned about putting it on Steam, which is he's done a, largely a lot of mobile stuff, right. like having put himself on the map uh, with, uh, uh, that partnership he uh, he did uh, with a ridiculous fishing, and then a bunch of other uh, solitaire, bad chess, like a, lo- a lot of like uh, co- uh, spins. Good on Sudoku. Good Sudoku. He he, you know, he talks a lot in that podcast about like just looking at uh, general game rules that like wider audiences understand, and then trying to give them like give those things added depth. It's a really interesting uh, design concept. But anyway, so he, he mentions the problem is uh, when you put things out on mobile platforms. Eventually, Apple, Google, whoever is going to flush them down the drain as they if, if you don't keep them updated for for new devices. Right. And so he's like, if we put it out on Steam, even if we give up on it at some point, the audience will do the work to make sure that it's maintained and playable. And so, like, it sounds like in the future, all those games will appear on Steam. Maybe yeah. Not all the past ones, but in the future so that you can avoid, like, some of these issues that come up by being on mobile. Yeah. And so, like, when you download the game for free on your phone, you basically get one puzzle a day. And you can, if you keep up with it, you play one puzzle a day. There is an archive that you can buy. You can buy individual archives. There's also, like, extra puzzles that are just, like, here's a box a box of puzzles that uh, ramp up in difficulty. Um, and it's just, like, a really clever spin on, like, word games and uh, the crossword, which I also enjoy a lot. So it's, like... I've been putting a lot of time into that idly on the side. It's just like a very fun, uh, you know, time kill. But with good monetization, where you can just pay it all at once and it's not very expensive. Well, and so the, the the thing that's also irritating is, uh, so Apple Arcade started a couple of years back mm-hmm. as, hey, um, remember when the App Store used to be games like Ridiculous Fishing? Like, look at right. these, like, artists and designers doing cool shit when presented with a blank screen that you can touch. Right. And a lot of, you often got things like, uh, you know, let's slap a D pad on there and make, and just like make, make things the way we used to. Right. But then you also got games like ridiculous fishing and cannibal and just a lot of really cool shit. That is less the case. I mean, there, there is still cool stuff in mobile, but, um, you know, even when you get things that are cool, like a beat star, it's, it's, it's drowning in 
this monetization that makes more money over time, but is like deeply irritating, um, you know, uh, to, to engage with um, on a day-to-day basis. But Apple Arcade has now transitioned to, I mean, they put out some original games, but like a lot of what Apple Arcade now is buying games that were popular like four or five years ago on the App Store, stripping out the monetization and just say, hey, do you want to just play this game? It's like, yeah, I do. I just wish I didn't have to get to this point yeah. to do it. So it is cool. Like right. if you haven't like, whether, you know, like I only get Apple Arcade because I pay for like the all, all in one Apple subscriptions. We get like the fitness and music and whatever. Um, but increasingly I get a push notifications like, oh, here's this game that I remember from four years ago that now I could just play and not have to purchase any of the add-ons. Um, and that is increasingly becoming their library that Apple is curating is like mm-hmm. popular old iOS games. Just like without the monetization, you hated. <laughs> uh, one quick thing I do want to mention about uh, Not Words is that if you do buy the game, it also unlocks a daily twist puzzle, which the twist puzzle is basically a cross between the base game of Not Words and mm. Picru, <laughs> like, uh, which is uh, a bizarre combination, but it works and it's very, very fun too. Um, yeah, it's just a very, very interesting takes on, on word puzzles, and uh, I've been enjoying it a lot. Uh, sorry, real quick, the stuff that the the old games that the monetization stripped out, is it like a Apple Arcade? Like, is it a PlayStation Plus thing where I got to stay in Apple Arcade to retain access to those like non fucked up versions of those games? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's part. It's like part of the part of the part of the yeah. sub. Um, okay. I mean, those games don't. It's not like they disappear from right. in their original forms. It's just like, but it's the but they, it's the end game of like the platform convenience, right? Of yeah. of kind of like, yep, all right, now subscription to retain access to these things uh, yeah. that yeah. will not be burdened with uh, like annoy more annoying uh, models. Yeah, and it's and it's not a lot of like like I doubt like a game like BeatStar would ever no. show up there because like the monetization is sort of fundamental to its to its design. But you get games. You know, it, it runs the gamut of like something as simple as a, a Monument Valley with all the DLC, you know, and, and stuff like that. Um, it's it's less of the free to play stuff as much as, um, you know, d- games with different in app in app purchases. But um, it's still interesting that that's where where that's ended up as a as a value proposition. And Patrick and Ren, I know that you both been playing, uh, and, and Ren, you've sort of been looking at this for a little while. Uh, Iron Lung, yeah. Iron Lung is probably one of the best horror games I've ever played. It is an hour long. It is like five bucks. It is a stellarly constructed like piece of horror design. I think I think it's really neat. Um, Patrick, you've only played about twenty minutes of it, and I am I want you to describe the first twenty minutes of your experience playing the video game Iron Lung. So Iron Lung starts with, oh, I wish I'm gonna just I want to read it. Do, do you one have of the narration cool, on hand? One of the coolest pieces of it's ta- so good. table table setting. Um, I will think about it for the rest of my life. And oh luckily, shoot, I can't, I can't do it because I no, it'll okay, erase my okay. save. No, no, it's um, okay. I I already beat the game. I already erased my save. I will uh, do it right. I will. I I can do okay. this. Okay. Do you want to do it? And you want, do you want to um summon some? This. You're very good at voice acting. Like summon summon something for the set. That <laughs> some, Set the stage for us. Yeah. There we go. Turn down the volume. Very low. Okay, here we go. Decades ago, every known star and habitable planet vanished, 
leaving only those who are on space stations or starships. This event became known as the Quiet Rapture. With supplies dwindling and infrastructure crumbling, survivors are searching for any trace of natural resources in a universe of barren moons, lit by the ghost light of vanished stars. One such moon holds a strange anomaly, an ocean of blood. You are a convict, tasked with exploring this anomaly, in a makeshift submarine nicknamed the Iron Lung. It was not designed for this depth, so you will be welded inside and the forward window will be closed. There was no time for training. If successful, you earn your freedom. So fucking good. Um, and this is just like a wall of text that hits you with some extremely good synthy. You know, we watched the thing, you know, we watched the thing recently. Great. You know, well, the thing has less of the synthy carpenter than his other works, but um, great synth soundtrack greets you as soon as you load up iron, iron lung. And like, yeah, that sets the stage for this little horror game set in a submarine in which you are like the opening moments of it are you just being lowered into the depths. Um, really, this feels ext- like an extremely rickety situation. Like this is a suicide mission. Like you were not sent to come back from this. You are sent to. You were sent down to take pictures. Um, there are different locations on a map of the seafloor. I guess the blood ocean <laughs> seafloor. Um, mm-hmm. And you are then supposed to take pictures by manipulating three, like a couple of buttons in this in this interface, uh, which is one that like controls uh, the X value, the one that controls the Y value, and then like the direction you're pointed in. So which is like that allows you to sort of like uh determine you know where you are uh, across this map i um i struggle i've talked about this in the past like i struggle a lot with like spatial concepts and so it took me (laughs) i know this game is an hour it's gonna have taken me two hours because it took me like 30 40 minutes to sort of understand how to even manipulate the submarine like what i was supposed to be doing but once i got that um in the 20 minutes and i did like the first four pictures um just unbelievably moody ren like just like it yeah i didn't i didn't know what this game was other than it was a short horror game that was well acclaimed by folks that i trust and i just assumed i'd be doing some walking around maybe i do at some point i don't know but the like the first 20 minutes i am just in this submarine in which every like it's a game about sound design and a game about less is more and just being in the sub surrounded by ominous fucking music and sound effects. What sounds like a creature, but I could not be sure. Um, and then every time I take a photo, I go, this is the one where shit's going to get fucked up. This is the one up. where I'm going to see it. This is the one where I'm going to, s- I can hear something see it? outside what is of it? this fucking mm-hmm. ship. Uh, w- there was a moment where I took a picture and I fucking jump because here's the here's the here's the brilliant thing that the game does. You don't have a porthole. It's covered. Yeah. You are flying totally blind. You have no idea if you're going to crash into a wall other than by the ping of your radar or if you take a picture. And there is a loading time from when you take a picture to where you see the result. And that like just one half it's second. It's kind of like a Polaroid camera. Like yes. it's not, it's it's like it's an developing. accelerated version of that process where it's like, and then all of a sudden like a black and white static image shows up on this display that's in 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 the iron lung, the sub oh, that shit. you're you're strapped to. And, uh, you know, again, like the first, the last one I got, I saw some bones. 
those bones suggest some things that I don't <laughs> I don't I, like about what might be happening uh, <laughs> around me. But it I, is just it is just such an excellent exercise in in minimalism um, that. Yeah, just like even in the 20 minutes that I played for what is ultimately a pretty short experience is was really, really striking. Patrick, I have a question. Yes. Have you turned the ship after taking pictures? Um, at the at the at the request of coordinates. What do you mean turn the ship after? So a thing that I love about this game is that the way it works is um, they say that you have to take pictures within one unit or like one or it's like I think it's five units of the X and Y values and within 10 degrees. Okay. um, Of the of the object. Uh, And so there's like there's like there's like yeah there's X Y and the angle you're uh, looking at right the angle coordinates and like yeah it's like hey there's a little bit of you know fuzziness on you know right. uh, that so it's not frustrating to so patrick if you take a picture of those bones right yeah if you turn your the angle of your ship to the left uh-huh there's more mm, and you can done that. keep turning your ship to that. see to slowly uncover more and more of the object you're looking at okay. and you're and there's it's such a cool process like it from a like a like a feel perspective because it's literally like you are in a dead silent ship. You press the camera button, you see something, you turn around, you walk to the other side of the ship, you move five degrees, you walk back, you press the button again. And through all of this time, you are hearing these fucking sounds and you know that something is fucking happening here and you have no idea what it is. And it feels so fucking good. It is... It is a it is a really well put together game. There was a moment that I had while playing, which we can talk about next week, because everyone I think I think it's reasonable that I to say that like most people should play this. I think it's like it's like five bucks and like an hour long. I wholeheartedly recommend it to most people. I'm so excited to talk about it next week because there was a moment where I learned a new kind of way to be afraid in a video game. Mm. <laughs> uh, for me. <laughs> and that was and and that was very exciting. That was a really exciting thing. I was like, oh, I didn't know I could be scared in this way. I did not know that games had the ability to make me anxious in this particular zone. And it's just ugh, it's so well done. Uh that uh, I have a question. So when we I don't know if this came up in the thing podcast or this was like when we were talking about it in different meetings, but I remember you saying that, um, like the horror movies don't really scare you. Like that's not no, like a thing that, that happens, but it does sound like horror games by the nature of the interactivity are able to pierce that layer and produce actual anxiety. They can get me. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's alien isolation fucked me up. Alien isolation scared the shit out of me. That is a game I played uh, one time at night with the lights off, uh, and I never did that shit again. <laughs> I never tried that shit again because I was like, I am going to fucking die. Uh, things that get me is um, shit like that. Uh, Alien okay. Isolation is a good example. Another good example is um, spiders in video games will, will mm-hmm. really fuck me up very badly. There's a sequence in Metro Exodus where you go into this place that's filled with spiders and that game's lighting is really good uh and so you're walking through this place with this thin little fucking cone of light that will burn the spiders if you hit them you can hear them walking the fuck around you and they are afraid of your light but you have to keep charging that fucking thing and it was mortifying to me it was like that that that's why i didn't play metro exodus not because i thought it was a 
poor open world version of the Metro series, but because I heard about this spider sequence and I can never experience it. That's what I'm going to tell myself. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, 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 oh, it's so good. I love, I love it. I, I like video game horror a lot. I, I think it's a genre that I really appreciate and enjoy. It's just in, sh- in short form, right? Like I, I, I think horror as a, uh, generally speaking, like in all formats is benefited by like, sh- right. like short, sto- short horror stories are better. Short horror, like, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, in, in, fil- in film is better. Like, short games are better. Like, they horror always falls apart under the scrutiny of length. And I wish there was more. There's, there's a part of the reason PT maintains to this day as something extraordinary is because it doesn't spend enough time sticking around for it to mm-hmm. to fall apart. Because um, all horror falls apart in terms of generating tension and scares. Um, when experienced long enough, um, you know, even Alien Isolation, like that's part of why the back third of that game doesn't work for me. It's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Um, we've we've been doing this for too long, but um, I just wish there was more. It's it's a really fertile fertile. A lot of indie developers do play in this space, um, but few of the like short horror games that I have played produce actual. I find them more interesting and experimental than I do anxiety inducing. And Iron Lung is one that produces an extraordinary amount of anxiety in a way that I that I like capturing. I also think that horror games have a unique strength over other horror medium, which is their ability to play with dream logic. Dream logic in horror games and like dream logic in games in general is one of like the medium's greatest artistic strengths is being able to use the language of play to connect ideas that otherwise probably would not connect very well or make things feel impossible or strange or broken in ways that are extremely exciting. This is not a spoiler. This is something that the game did to me. This is how anxiety-inducing and how well it works on people. This is not a spoiler. At one point, I saw something in Iron Lung that freaked me the fuck out. I took a picture. I saw something that scared me. I heard a bad sound. To get to this point, I had to go through a... The game is X and Y coordinates, right? I had to go through a 20-unit thick tunnel, a cave, like through this fucking narrow-ass gap to get to this place. It's a really sharp corner, too. It's a really sharp turn, right? This is a cave that is hard to get out of, right? And I see this thing. I take the picture. I get the little notification. I am very afraid. And so I hit the reverse button on my submarine... I don't even bother fucking turning. And I just go backwards. But here's the thing. And the thing that really fucking got me. I heard a thud. And then I looked at my coordinates. And I was back in open ocean. And I have no idea how the fuck I got there. I have no fucking clue how I got from inside that cave back to open ocean. And it was mortifying. Like, like that moment of loss of control and like feeling like I lost time in, in my real world body was terrifying and unique and like something a horror game has never done to me. Because being like, like the, the way the map doesn't, it doesn't give you any, it gives you the, it gives you information on where, Things are, but not relative to you. You have to do the work. So even when you're in a panicked state, you have to hit M, pull up the map, do the 
Okay, X. And it doesn't even, you know, it marks it by like like 50, right? Like, you know, yeah. 200, 250. But it's like, well, what's 234? It's like, like so like you, you're channeling all your anxiety and then also trying to do this mental work to, and, and it doesn't let you like mark the map with your mouse cursor, mm-hmm. like all sorts of things that most most versions of this would let you do. And the fact that it doesn't really helps feed in to the anxiety. Because I'm like, it's a good thing I have these wipes that you recommended for me to get, Rob, because I am ru- I was running my <laughs> monitor wipes along the monitor. Uh. Um, the other thing, the thing that really got that moment for me that you gestured at, Patrick, I knew that my coordinates were wrong before I opened the map because I my spatial reasoning is is pretty solid, and so I got I internalized where I should be, and I internalized the map relatively quickly. And I was like, because the way I, I navigate in this game is by using those 50 coordinate marks where I'm like, okay, cool. I know that there is a bend in this at 650 by 750 or so. And so if I'm at 650 or 750 or so, I know I'm at this part of the map that I have memorized because I had to memorize it as I was going through this narrow channel, right? I felt like I had to memorize this information. And so... I know what open water is because I remember feeling safe in the open water because I was mortified to go in this cave. And so after I hear this thud and I look down at my fucking instruments and I see the coordinates 350 by 750, I was like, I should not be here. There is no fucking reason I should be here. And then I opened up the map and was like, that is so far away that something has gone horribly wrong. And that like, the way that horror dawned on me and the way I had to confirm that something had happened was so fucking cool. And again, I don't even know if this is a thing that happened in the game or if I just got scared and didn't even realize that I was backing out of that tunnel properly and like was was correctly navigating my way right. out of there. Because that, that's what it. I'm sitting here wondering is like, is there a chance that you just. That I autopiloted my way out? Yeah. Did I did I just autopilot? And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if something happened there or if I autopiloted my way out. And that is how I know that this game is excellent. That sounds awesome. I gotta check that out. That sounds that sounds really good. How deep it gets its fucking claws in your brain. Well, and God, also there's, like, there's two other moments I'm so excited to talk about next week. There's an argument made a lot of great submarine movies are, are like basically horror movie adjacent, like leaning into that, too, of like the terrifying little tin can uh, that you're that you're in and your lack of awareness, dependence on sensors. That's really cool. Are you familiar with Barrow trauma? Uh, somebody somebody emails about this, I want to say, or 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 message me about Twitter. I am not. Barrow trauma is a co-op horror game it is a 2d co-op horror game uh about piloting a submarine uh yeah in, in, no okay in, yes yes um that i oh, think could be very interesting i don't know if it i've heard i've I heard played this at pax and it was annoying that's the problem oh. but i was playing like it was a random it was like random pickup game packs with like it wasn't tutorialized it wasn't explained right. but like it's so it is kind of a it's one of those like multiplayer chaos generators, right? Yes, but horror, but in a horror setting in a horror <laughs> context. You know, we should we should in, we should give it we should investigate this. Is my is my view? Uh, we should investigate this. Um, no. no. God, can I talk about Iron Lung next week? What? 
That was too I said, hot. I can't wait to talk about Iron Lung next week. I'm so excited. There's the... mm. Um, before we go, because uh, Mina activated in the last few minutes, uh, she whipped a food <laughs> Kong at me. Uh, she threw a food Kong at my feet mm-hmm. and stared at me and then like sighed and then whipped a toy at me and stared at me some more and then stamped her feet. So uh, I'm on the clock. Ren, Rogue Legacy 2. It's good now? It's Rogue Legacy 2. Okay. It is the video game Rogue Legacy 2. Uh, it's, it's, it's solid. I think it's, it is a good Castlevania game. It plays like a it, it plays like a solid Castlevania game. You gotta you gotta jump between the little projectiles. You gotta you have an air dash. You have an air. You have a bounce. You can bounce on things. Yeah. It, the, the bounce feels good. Um, that game's hard. Uh, game is is real hard because boy, uh, do you want a game without any invincibility frames other than when you get hit? Try Rogue Legacy Two. That game has no fucking invincibility frames on its dash, which uh, took a lot of getting used to. Um especially because I'm playing other stuff with a lot of invincibility frames, but um, it's, it's pretty much an identical structure to rogue legacy Two. I'm actually really rogue legacy one. I'm actually going to be really curious to look at rogue legacy two in comparison to other roguelikes that have gotten sequels. Uh, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cause roguelikes getting sequels is an interesting phenomenon on the whole, uh, especially looking at these are very different games, uh, but similar structurally, very different gameplay styles, but similar structures of building up a environment over time. Darkest Dungeon, the first game, the town building is obfuscated through systems, but it is about generating new characters. It is about the traits over time. It is about building up this area. Darkest Dungeon 1 is that. Darkest Dungeon 2 is not. Rogue Legacy 2 is just a retread of Rogue Legacy 1 with a lot more stuff in it. Um, with like more content and like more abilities. Um, the game actually has a pretty cool, um, the, the class system is basically you have your weapon and you have your class specific skill. Um, you can get your weapon, you can change your weapon over the course of the run and you can also change your class specific skill over the course of the run, which I think is neat. Uh, and also they have added, I believe this is different from the first game is that characters have resolve. Um, and resolve is tied to artifacts. So during the run, you can find like, you know, your standard roguelike thing where like, oh, I found a cool item. But the thing is, resolve is tied to your max HP. And so if you start the game with 225% resolve, if you go under 100% resolve and each artifact costs resolve, you lose max HP. So you can make the choice of, oh, I'm going to take this really strong artifact, but I will lose max HP because of it. And that is a really interesting gameplay decision for me. Uh, I think that is that is a that is a neat and cool decision. Uh, as you Castlevania your way through this um, big fucking dungeon. Um, and uh, we were talking about, about this a bit before pod. And I, I think maybe I want to check in on it next week. Cause you were outlining that loot river is a game that is also uh, seems to be on a good trajectory. Loot river came out and was uh, bad. Like it was a technical mess. I remember yeah. talking to Patrick about it and he was like, this feels bad. The parry feels bad. Uh, loot river has gotten about seven distinct major up, like not major updates, but like, game mechanic changing updates in the last seven days like full rethink of like what it is to play the game yes yeah um in terms of its economy uh in terms of its difficulty curve 
uh, in terms of its loot drop rate. Like they are changing like fun, like core design thing. It feels like a game that should have come out in early access and instead released. And now the devs are doing early access style updating to a game that has an official release and came out on Xbox Game Pass without the game preview. Yeah, I yeah I did not. It was a Blue River game. If if I'm sure I'm sure people remember the trailer where it's like, hey, it's a roguelike where you use the left analog stick to control like Tetris like pieces as you like you know play this top down action game. I liked that part of it a lot, but both when I played the demo last year and then the full version this year, I just did like the combat felt. I did not like it at all, and so it's sort of I played an hour and was like, I think I'm. Okay, but that makes me interested. Probably not to play it right now, but to no. give it a little bit of time to settle itself and see where where they end up with with the game. Uh, so I think we'll leave it there for now. As as Mina graduates to destruction of uh, Probably. like physical destruction uh, in in the backdrop here. Nice. Um, exercise so- to protest. Mina. <laughs> that's right uh mina knows direct action uh gets 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 the goods um if you mina mina absolutely would uh take a massive shit on uh student collins's front lawn uh yeah. and and that would that would be uh menacing uh the the, the oh, senator um anyway if you want more if you want more Mina, uh, and for Mina to have more food, you can go to Shitlet. If you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint, Facebook, and YouTube, Waypoint Vice. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney Patrick. Uh, at Patrick Ren. You can follow me on Twitter at Ren or Raven. Kato. Hey, you know, you can also check out what we publish on Waypoint, waypoint.vice.com. Patrick, Woof. we wrote some things. Fury, tell us about it. <laughs> okay, well, it's really good. Game Pass, complicated, complicated business proposition. Yeah, with Game Pass, we changed the games. Now it's changing them. Everything's on people. Economy. Who's good at Economy. it? Not us. We also been streaming a whole bunch thanks to Waypoint Plus. You can check out Chaos Demons, Gate Gate Hunters. Anyway, thanks to the folks who signed up at WaypointPlus.com. Uh, if you're hearing this, we're probably doing a stream right now where we're watching a movie and you can watch along with us. Go to twitch.tv slash waypoint to watch. I also catch up Next on week. the Halo series. Catch up on the Halo fucking. We're going to we're gonna do a wrap up. And I'm no, gonna we're going to watch the Halo series. I'm going to about that series of the Halo fucking. There's Halo fucking? <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> no spoilers! The only one who gave away his V-card. Uh, if that sounds good, you want more Waypoint, you can go to Waypoint Plus and subscribe. It's hot in here. Not only can access the premium feed, but you also help support Waypoint and everything else we do here. The music, Bowen, track, miss you, EP, pound, machine, learn more, waypoint.zone slash P-O-E-N. For us, we're calling time on Friday the 13th. We'll talk to you again next Friday. Until then, fuck capitalism, go home, feed your dog. I have to make sure I'm alone in this apartment. There's footsteps <laughs> upstairs. And there's shit. Oh. oh. Also, this is me learning that you've got two uh, levels to your house. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's a little split level thing. Oops. Damn. Nice. <gasps>
Well, I Perfect hope you're alone. <laughs> I hope you're alone. <laughs> hope you don't die. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.